Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as at NeedlessThingsSite.com, where five days out of the week, myself and the Needless Things Irregulars provide original content, talking about all of that stuff that I just mentioned. I just saw... Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, which we did an episode on a couple of weeks ago for the third time, and I brought my wife, who had not seen it yet, just because we hadn't had the opportunity to both go, and she enjoyed it. She said it was very good, and I thought the one thing that continues to bother me is Finn's uh, lingo, his, his sort of modern way of speak like modern earth way of speaking and he's got a lot of phrases that bug me and take me out of the movie uh and then greg grunberg greg grunberg who i do like uh but who i wish was not in that movie because every time i see him he takes me out of the movie otherwise i still adore it i still love it i still think it's incredible uh, i can't say that i noticed anything new this time uh there were two points where I felt significant things happened uh, when Maz asks Han, so who's that girl? And they cut before Han answers. Obviously, that's significant, uh, pertaining to the identity of Rey. And then later, when Han is talking to Leia and says, I saw him. You know what? Spoilers, I guess. Spoilers. Uh, If you haven't seen it yet, come on. Really? You don't care. Uh, but so here's a spoiler. When Han is talking to Leia and says, I saw him, I saw our son. And they could have cut very quickly right there and led you to believe. And he was going to say, and, and our, he has our daughter, or, you know, something like that. Because I'm still, I still believe that Ray is Han and Leia's daughter. Uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But anyway... Uh, they did not cut right there. He finished his statement, and, and there was a lingering where he could have and should have said something if Ray was their daughter. So I don't know. I, I, I still don't know quite how I feel about that. Uh, we'll, we'll find out in a couple of years, won't we? So, actually less than a couple of years, because we've got a Rogue One in December, and then... Episode 8, just over a year from now, in May of 2017, uh, which will be my 41st birthday. Yikes! Uh, yes, I will be turning 40 this May the 10th. If you would like to send gifts, uh, I would appreciate that. I'll take them. I, I won't act uh, humble. Give me some presents, man. What else is going on in this crazy year of 2016? I'll tell you what else is going on. A lot of stuff for Phantom Troublemaker. Lots of opportunities for podcasts have suddenly sprung up, kind of similar to what happened last year where I got, if you remember, I got inundated with podcasts. It's why I ended up going weekly is I just had 
so many guests that kind of all said yes at the same time, and that has happened again this year, and I want so bad to tell you about them, but, you know, until they're recorded, you know, I have learned not to assume anything. So until I've actually recorded the podcast with the person and, and made sure that the file is not jacked up, uh, I don't want to announce anything, but I will tell you this, a very important creator in the toy industry is lined up a filmmaker is lined up and a different kind of toy maker is lined up uh very interesting things happening uh one of those also pertains to the game show so maybe more about that later maybe not we'll find out i'll keep you guys in suspense so far, 2016 has been very good to Phantom Troublemaker. Uh, not quite so good to his alter ego, but you know, overall things are still great. We've got a new puppy, and she's wonderful. Things are going really well there. The house is still here. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to sit and think about the things you you take for granted and not take them granted for a second. Uh, we're healthy. We're happy. Uh, you know, everything is going as well as it can without me either winning the lottery or being offered a television show or something, you know. So it's going well. I hope everything is going well for you and your families. I want everybody to have a great year. Oh, yeah, here's some more news. Uh, I am once again going to be an attending professional at Dragon Con. Now, that is not the same thing as a guest. Uh, it just means that they feel like you do enough to warrant uh, admission, like a, a pass, a badge, to the con. And I'll tell you right now, as hard as I work on Dragon Con every year, I definitely feel like I've earned that. So there's that. The, the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show will be back at Dragon Con this year. Uh, the toy panel will be back at Dragon Con this year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get maybe four or five other panels, sit in on other panels. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah, and of course, uh, I am officially, I, I mentioned this early, uh, in at the end of 2015 after Dragon Con, but I am the official voice of Dragon Con Wrestling now. So I will be returning to the announce table at DCW 2016 uh, to once again yell into a microphone and hopefully make people laugh at least a little bit and lose my voice before the, the night before I do all my panels. That That's good planning on my part. But anyway, things are going great. I'm very content. Uh, I would very much like to find another day job, but that's nothing new. I've, I've felt that way for a decade. <laughs> that feeling's probably not going away anytime soon. So today's conversation is Mr. Bo Brown on the show talking about the final year of the Masters of the Universe Classics toy line. Now, I talk about this in the show, but just in case you guys, because you guys know, this this is a long one. Uh, we, we went like three hours on this thing. And some of you enjoy listening to that, even if you don't care about the line. Some of you care about the line and enjoy listening to it. And and some of you probably care about the line and don't enjoy listening to it. But, but this is our... This is the one where we kind of let go, and even though we know it's kind of a niche audience that will want three hours of the two of us talking about this toy line, uh, it's it's something fun that Bo and I get to do, and I do think they're good episodes. I, I think even if you don't care specifically about classics, 
it's it's a fun episode to listen to. Now, I must apologize in advance. I always do a little bit of a drinking. I have a little bit of the hooch uh, when I'm, you know, it's hooch. Does that apply to all alcohols? Now I'm thinking that might just be moonshine. Anyway, I, I have a little drink when I record. It loosens me up. It helps me flow a little bit better. Uh, and I realize that's an excuse, but whatever. I like to have a drinky drink. I had a little too much drinky drink for this one. And if I hadn't pointed it out, you probably would think, well, Phantom sounds a little weird. But I'll I'll tell you right now, towards the end of the show, it gets a little wacky. And at no point am I embarrassed about it. It's never bad. And uh, unlike guests of the past, I do not throw up. But it's definitely pretty loose and wacky. And it's fun. I actually laughed out loud a few times listening to it because I, I didn't remember a couple of things. And it's it's entertaining hearing me going sort of full tilt. So anyway, this is Masters Universe Classics 2015, the final year of the line. And uh, I bowed out at the end of November. I canceled my credit card and did not renew it with Maddie because I decided... I wanted to break free uh, because I had subscribed for 2016 for their collector's choice line, which is really funny because, you know, as cool as the figures look, they're not anything I chose. So I I opted out. I'm done. I am done with Masters of the Universe Classics. Uh, there's some on the shelf that I'm going to put up on eBay and get rid of, and most of them I'll keep because Castle Grayskull is rad. Most of the figures are rad, but it's time to do some house cleaning. There's other stuff to get to. Uh, just today... I was looking at those Hateful Eight figures that NACA did, and they cost around $30, $35 bucks a piece, which is around the same price as I was paying for Masters at the end. And I was like, shit, it'd be really nice if I could just trade eight of the crap Masters figures for those Hateful Eight figures. Uh, but that's not how things work. I'm just going to have to throw a bunch of stuff up on eBay and see what I can do, because I want those, because that movie was badass, as I think I mentioned on the last episode. All right, guys, that's enough of me chit-chatting. We've got plenty of podcasts to get through. Uh, coming up next, me and Bo, talking Masters. Enjoy. <laughs> do it let's let's get started because now, i will say that the difference i don't have my figures like i have my workshop which still has the majority of my collection in it and then there's ones that are in a box so unlike when we do this normally where i'm going over every figure in hand i am not doing that this time unfortunately uh, well you know you i mean you opened them all though i mean you've 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 sure, touched sure. you've touched everything yeah, but I like being able to touch them when I talk. You know, having them in, ha- in hand, you remember things. Right, right. So we'll, we'll get by. We'll get by. It'll be okay. So <laughs> uh, this is an interesting episode because this is the last time we will cover what is officially known as Masters of the Universe Classics. It is. Uh, this is my last night off before I have to go back to work. Ugh. So I am currently having a cup of Dregnog, <laughs> which is when you go to the store, when, when you realize that it's past eggnog season, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I need more eggnog before the government takes it away again. <laughs> and you go to Kroger, and they have low-fat eggnog, 
pumpkin eggnog and boiled custard, which I don't even know. I mean, obviously it's boiled custard, but how is that a beverage? I don't. I haven't dabbled in that at all. So I think if you boiled it, it would just thicken up and get thicker. Yeah, I don't don't like a custard. Uh, But I I got. (laughs) I I refer to it as dregnog because it's what's left. It's it's the leftovers. I uh, I drank some eggnog on. Christmas Eve when we were back home and I was wrapping the last couple of presents but um, I, I would not call it like a I'm drinking eggnog I wouldn't, I don't drink eggnog like every every night during the season no I don't either I, I probably go through two containers of it between yeah. November and December and and just for any since we've started the show officially for sure. anybody listening if they're wondering why, Bo sounds like he's in a cavern. He's actually in oh, yeah. uh, the dungeon of Castle Grayskull. That's right. And that's where he's going to be talking from tonight. So just tell yourselves that as you listen and wonder about the Echo. Uh, Bo is currently wrestling Eternian monsters and criminals. The Vault of Horrors. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so... Last time you were on the show, I mean, it's been a while. I can't even remember... That's- I can't even remember the last one you were just on, but we did recently work together at a delightful event, and I want to thank you uh, for for inviting me to be part of that and let me go on stage and do the things that I do. Yeah, it was fantastic having that extra personality up there to like play off of because normally it's just you know I'm a one man show. Right. Um, sometimes I could banter with the band when I would have a band, but that's not going to be the case at our new venue. Which I love. I love the new venue. Yeah, um, I, d- I dug that place. It, it was. Yeah. It, it had a nice feel. the The crowd was pretty solid, but it was a great time, man. And and since we don't know if you'll be back on between now and then, when is the next Puck and Fuppet show? We, I mean, I know you don't have a date yet, but right. Well, the next Puck and Fuppet show will be in February, and it will be the Valentine's Day themed Puck and Fuppet show which will wrap up our holiday-themed shows. And then if we do a summer or spring show, that's like the there is no theme. And then we go back into, and there's only, but sometimes it's like Dragon Con and things like that kind of prevent me from putting that one on. Um, And I end up just doing them sort of in the downtime of the season, which is the album show, the December Because you have so much downtime. Right, um, man. Especially this year, with the move and, and the and the baby on the way, there's been normally the holiday season is my downtime, and that has not been the case at all. Yeah, you've you've been a busy fellow, so I appreciate your time, and we'll go ahead and dive in. Let's do it, so that you can get back to unpacking your Masters of Universe figures. I can't. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to put them yet, and I'm oh, actually you need sitting Sheldon. down here. Looking at where they are going to go, which is on the, a, a beautiful set of shelves behind the wet bar in my basement. Oh, so you do have shelving that's just not ready to receive yeah, the magic. The floor, the entire floor of the living area of the bottom floor of the house has to be redone. Oh. And that is not able to start until, um, uh, until January. Okay. So we're, we're getting there. So, and pretty much because, like, the bottom part of the house is my territory. Yes. All of my stuff is still in boxes 
and my wife is now cozy in the top of the house, and I am living out of boxes in the in the garage. You know so. what? I I think it's fair to have your own. It's worth it to have your own space. It will be. Well, it'll it'll also be the boys' playroom, so it's not really. It, it, it'll be more mine, but still not quite mine. Right. But I have the workshop. I do have the workshop in the garage. So that'll oh, there be. you go. Yeah. So somebody spent some time in the workshop, and I'm talking about the four horsemen here. Absolutely. Because 2015, I, you know, I, I went back. I, I wrote an article that's going to, going to go up on NeedlessThingsSite.com uh, next week, I believe, and it's about the entirety of the line. It's it's very right. it's very much a summary. I don't go into a lot of detail, but I run through the years and my relationship with the classics line, and. Looking back, 2015 was almost like a comeback. Uh, there were a couple of rocky years with what I personally felt were some questionable decisions. And when looking back at the line in its entirety, some releases that, you know, I could have done without. Sure. Things that, and, and let, let me just give a shout out, uh, very quickly now to the actress that played Tila in the live action movie because I have that playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm now going to bring it to the foreground because there were just two shots of her ass uh, in that spandex leather thong combination that we all know Tila wore traditionally. Well, I mean, if you, if you, if you watch the filmation show, they had that one, you know, piece of animation where she jumps into the frame from the top and her bottom just drops like it's hot. <laughs> and I mean, and they use it, all the time, and it's just Tila's ass, like filling the entire screen. Like, do you want to squat? Like, you know, out of a jump, landing into a squat. Right, right. And then usually cuts to that sort of diagonal footage of her like running, and she well, stops and she kind of looks around. If you read, uh, if you read Lou Shamer's, I don't know if you've gotten through it yet or not, but uh, Lou Shamer's uh, sort of uh, biography of filmation. Uh, as as written by Andy Mangles, or I guess told to Andy Mangles by Lou Shamer, he talks a bit about the animators sort of sneaking in some sexier stuff and like really enjoying drawing ladies and stuff, mm-hmm. like how much more they enjoyed drawing Princess of Power than He Man. <laughs> right. There, there's some fun stories about that kind of stuff in there. Nice, that's great. Uh, but anyway, 2015. Very much felt like a return because the the highlights of the line were early on. The the years where I felt like every single thing was uh, golden were the first couple. And, I mean, that's natural. It's going to happen where as you go on and as the line gets sort of bigger and you feel you – get, I, I guess they got cocky in the middle and started feeling like, well, we can throw in a lot of these, you know, not even tertiary but, but little-known characters – and because we want to see them, you know, enough fans right. want to see them. We, the guys that are making the line, want to see them. So we're going to do it. And then it had the effect that it had on the line and prices go up. Quality necessarily goes down. And mm-hmm. that's what happens. But 2015, there's no trace of that. Uh, well, I feel like is the, is the wrap up year. It was the year they decided we're, you know, we're, we're not because the original roadmap, you know, went out to 2018, 20, whatever. And they decided to wrap it up. Um, and so they were filling in those big, more big name characters 
that had been originally intended to be more spread out. Um, and I, I can't imagine how this line could have gone three more years, you know, well, just, just have, maintaining fan support. It, it would have been done without have done without have doing the mini subs. You you know, whereas before you would have had all those extra Princess of Power figures spread out more into the line, and the line was longer. Same with the filmation. Ah, I got you. Those would have been spread for, spread into the actual line, and the line would have lasted lasted longer. But after looking at what they were looking looking at, and said, "Okay, we're going to wrap things up." The way to do that was to make Princess of Power its own sub and finish them out and take them out of the regular line. So. The filmation, okay. The first mini sub was the 30th anniversary sub. I believe so. Yeah. And then the filmation sub, mm-hmm. which they blasted out. Uh, it was interesting how quickly that happened because there was the announcement that they had the rights to do filmation characters, and then you know virtually at the same time the the announcement that they were going to do a sub, and. I wonder at what point they knew, you know, hey, we need to start wrapping things up. Like, do you think they knew, not necessarily as early as the 30th anniversary, because I do feel like that was sort of a specialty sub that that would have happened anyway. Like, those are not things that ever would have been in the I think it had a lot line. to do um, with uh, Toy Guru leaving and them saying, all right, we're just going to wrap it up. And, and move in a new direction. But I think he knew, I, I would, I would guess that he knew a good bit before he was even leaving that the line had to be wound down sooner than, yeah. than what they'd originally planned. Right. But anyway, how it shook out gave us a great year. It was. And the first release of the year is somebody that, I, and this kind of goes for a lot of the year, somebody that I wasn't necessarily excited about. But it was a very interesting new figure, and mm-hmm. to me is somewhat representative of a lot of what they did in these last couple of years of the line, is they took a character and made the toy special enough and interesting enough that even though I wouldn't necessarily have ever said, hey, I want a lizard man, mm-hmm. once I had him, I was like, I'm glad I've got a lizard man. He's great. He is great. He he has a lot of new parts on him, a ton of new parts, um, and and and, I, and you'll see that as a common thread throughout this entire year. Yeah, by necessity, it's, we by virtue of a a lot of these figures were some of the last figures of the vintage line, who had more gimmicky action features, hence requiring more unique parts. Uh, as well as characters that they pushed back and said, oh, well, let's just do the ones that are easier to do now while we have, while we're, you know, using the bucks and everything and sort of kick the can down the road. Um, well, now here we are at the end of the road and they said, okay, well, we've got to do these handful of sort of problem figures. We got to do them right. Um, and I think that, that, you know, between the new design team uh, getting some things right, some things being holdovers of the old design team and being done poorly. Um, you know, and it's hard to say, 
you don't really know when certain characters were designed because characters, certain characters could have been designed and, you know, years ago only to see the light of day now, you right. know, especially some of the core, more core vintage figures. Well, and um, we'll, we'll get into that, uh, once we get to the August figures. Right. We're definitely going to have a conversation about the differences oh, yeah. in the design teams. Yeah. So I agree. I think Lizard Man was cool. He also came with the Diamond Ray of Disappearance, which was another theme that you saw this year is these extra cool um, item accessories being packaged in with figures they don't necessarily belong with. What did you call that? You had a great term for uh, artifacts? Yeah. Attorney and artifacts or filmation artifacts? Filmation artifacts, yeah. Uh, you got a lot of that this you know, uh, this go around. Um, and, you know, in a character like Lizard Man, he's in, a, you know, one, maybe two episodes of the show. He didn't have any, you know, he had no vintage figure that had its vintage weapons. Right. And he didn't use any weapons in the show. So it was, hey, let's give him a Skeletor sword and then the Diamond Ray of Disappearance. Which is two great. Weapons. As but, opposed to saying, hey, you guys, this guy doesn't have any accessories because he's not supposed to. Right. So I think that's just a great way of, you know, a little bit of like, hey, we care. We think these are cool and you should have them. Yeah. Now, admittedly, the, the sword could have used some paint, but, you know, because um, uh, I think it was just the, the not even a single paint app on it at all. No. But regardless, Lizard Man was a really cool looking figure. He, he, he had, you know, a unique buck even. You know, he had a unique torso. Um, I love the webbed hands when you hold them up to the light. And the light shines through the translucent plastic in the webbing of his hands. That's one of my favorite details on, you know, any of these figures this year. Yeah. And translucence is always going to be a selling point for me. And, you know, if, even if it's just a small part of it, actually, especially if it's just a small part of a figure, because it's very easy to just crank out yeah. a translucent figure, but to, to, to have that little detail where, whether it's, a visor or, you know, thin skin or whatever the case may be, like, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. Uh, then, do you have any other lizard man? Words? Uh, no, just, I, I, initially, I was disappointed that his tail wasn't posable in any way. Yeah. But I stopped caring about that pretty quick. He's right. cool. He's still cool. Yeah. Um, February, we had, uh, Ninjor or Ninja Warrior Ninja as Warrior. required. <laughs> uh, and he came with a whole bunch of stuff, which I always anticipated. Um, I always thought he would be a, a, a character that would be packed with accessories. Yeah. Um, kind of like Grizzlor was. He he had he has a, a, a bow and arrow. Although the notes here say crossbow, and that is incorrect. It is a regular bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh, nunchucks, which unfortunately did not have the metal chain, was a cost-cutting measure, and they, they wish they hadn't had... They wanted to do the real metal chain, and unfortunately, they weren't able to get it in the budget. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I love that he comes with so many accessories, but all of them were massively disappointing. Yeah. To me. Actually, his notes are even more wrong, because it says crossbow and bow, and he comes with a quiver, nunchucks, a katana... Um, a rubber katana. A rubber katana... Uh, and then Jitsu's belt, which uh, is very cool and looks awesome on Jitsu. Yes, and, uh, th and that was another one of those things where they didn't have to do that, and they did, and I appreciate yeah, that. Super but cool. if I had to choose between Jitsu's belt and weapons that weren't pieces of shit, well, yeah, I would probably go with the non-pieces of shit. Um, 
But speaking of belts, I will say that one of my least favorite parts about Ninjor is his brown belt. He has this dark chocolate brown belt that just looks horrible yeah. on a black and red color schemed figure. It just it looks completely out of place um, and just looks super weird. Everything else, I don't have anything bad to say about Ninjor. He looks awesome. His yeah, face, he, he has two heads. Both of his heads are evil and demonic ninja looking as shit. He looks rad. I love I love every little detail. I like the demonic feet. I love the evil, evil red eyes. Um, I kind of wish the little knife in his chest thing kind of came out. Yeah, I was expecting that too because when you look at pictures, it really does look mm-hmm. like it's it's a thicker sculpt and it it looks like it's going to come out of there and it yeah. doesn't. And actually, to follow before I forget to follow up from something that I said when Ninjor was first announced, uh, I wanted him to not have demon feet, even though that is true uh, to the original toy. So he right. should have demon feet. I'm just saying, me personally. I would prefer black furry boots, and I was going to attempt to put Molar, because I've got a few Molars, because sure. those things ended up in big lots for less than 10 bucks at one point. Mm. I was going to attempt to put Molar's black furry boots on Ninjor, and that just didn't happen. I, I boiled his legs, I tried a hair dryer, and they just never got loose enough to where I was comfortable trying mm. to pop them off. So it did not work for those of you who remember that Toy Fair or Comic-Con or whatever episode that was. Why? What, what bothers you about his demon feet so much? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't hate them. I just would prefer he have uh, black furry boots. Okay. I don't know why. Had personal aesthetics. But, Different strokes. But, but like I said, uh, I understand that, yes, he had to have the demon feet. I, I would not change the production on him. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Uh, the other thing we got in February was our quarterly figure or variant quarterly, whatever, uh, and it was Snake Armor Human and King Hiss, yes. which uh, was a, a cause of great excitement as well as great disappointment. <laughs> because an ongoing source, ongoing of great disappointment, disappointment that still hasn't resolved itself. It's the gift that keeps on taking. Right. It's the gift that keeps on not showing up. Um, so, basically... To, to run it down, first yeah. it was, you're not getting this, and then it was, you're getting this, but it's shitty. Then it was, you're getting this, but it's a whole new figure that you have to pay for, and then it was, this whole new shitty figure you have to pay for is late. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a, um, just a never-ending, continuing-to-not-end mess that I am still not satisfied with. And so basically we were supposed to get, because the original release of King Hiss was lackluster at best, um, his snake form was designed to fit, uh, was designed to look more like the vintage snake form and had the bendy plastic, which did work, unlike Snout Spout. Um, and they said, you know, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be the two-pack. You're going to get your 2000X version King Hiss, your 2000X Snake Armor He-Man, who, which is my favorite of all the armors. I love Snake Armor He-Man. I think he's rad. I was really excited to finally get him. And then they came around and said, hey, 
you know what, guys? I know we've said that you were going to get this, but we just can't afford to fit the snake armor torso in with the two-pack. Which is not acceptable. It, Which it, is like, not... I don't, I don't care what their reasoning is. Uh, I, I don't care what their reasoning is. It's just not... That's not okay. Yeah. Um, so, very disappointing. Uh, and then we were told, but that's okay. We'll pack him into another figure later in the line. <laughs> and everybody went, well, fine. Okay. And then later they come back again and say, actually, no, we can't do that. Now, you we're going to release him as his own figure, and you have to pay for him, and he's not in the sub. Which means he's, you know, and, and, and if they keep up with this worthless excuse for early access that we've gotten all year, we're not even, some subscribers aren't even going to be able to get them at our early access. Yeah, that has been driving me nuts. We need to go ahead and address that too, because I don't want to skip over it because I, I feel that it is a huge problem. And, you know, if you go to the Maddie forums, I look at the Maddie forums as a source of great comedy. Uh, there are, there is more vagina sand there <laughs> than at, at Pussy Beach in Uvula, Uvula, uh, Lavia, Florida. Uvula, that's the wrong end. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to say something funny, but the point is, those guys bitch about everything. Yeah. There is no making those people happy. They whine and they cry, and it's fucking ridiculous. And, I don't. And, I don't go to those dark corners of the internet. Uh, well, and they, over the years since the inception of this toy line, they have cried breach of contract all the time, and it's usually stupid. Right. This year, yeah, uh, they're right. Yeah. Because early access was sold as part of the sub. Yeah. As one of the benefits of subs- of subscribing to the line, and they essentially pulled it. And actually, they started last year when they did not give us early access for the Comic Con stuff. Mm. Uh, and then this year, we also did not get it, and we got early access for nothing this year. So, hey, you can buy all the old weapons packs on early access. Right? Here's can, all the old can do all the old shit that you loyal subscribers already own. Like, if you want a second... It's shooter, like, that's like year later access. That's the opposite right. of early access. Right. And, and that's the thing is like, if you want another shitty Rio Blast, we're here for you. Right. If for some strange reason, uh, you need another Eldor. Right. Then we're on it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's utterly useless and insulting. And when you take something like Point Dread that we will get to later, uh, but the point, I want to, the point, I want to make here Woo-hoo! is Point Dread was not part of early access. Yeah. And that to me is just obscenely wrong and disingenuous and absolutely the Maddie Forum guys, this time you got it. This is a breach of contract. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Nothing. Um so So, so Snake Snake uh Snake Body King Hiss so, is 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 coming out with a new set of legs, or you're, you're getting uh, basically the snake torso, um, 
and another set of legs, which is good to get the other set of legs so that you can display them both ways. Although I was just going to do it with my original King Hiss legs. But, right, right. Uh, Cause it almost but then they're giving him, but then they're, but then they're giving him just some, the, the shitty snake warrior weapons repainted. Right. Which we've already, already received repaint. First of all, they're army builder. They come from army builder. So you already have shitloads of these things. You know, because I have three, I have two sets of snake, of snake warrior, I have four snake warriors, which means I have four sets of these weapons already. Right. Then they also did repaints of them already in one of the weapons packs. So I have five sets of these of these weapons, and they're giving them to us again. Well, I'll tell you, uh, and I I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not. I gave uh, this 2000x King Hiss. I gave him Rajal Ghoul's scimitar. From, you did, you did tell me that, yeah. From the DC Universe Classics line, which was hilariously oversized for that scale, but is perfect for this King Hiss. I think they should have repainted that thing, or yeah, they don't even need to repaint it, just throw it in there. No. Here's what they should have done. They should have not put those stupid snake warrior accessories in there, and they should have given us the amulet of Serpos. As an artifact for him, yeah. And He Man's snake shield, his and, and He Man's shield that didn't come with snake armor. Oh, needed. that's right. That's all they needed to do, and I would have been, I mean, not and happy, but at least it was like a, it would have been a, more satisfying. Sorry, sorry, we've screwed you three times. That that's all it would have taken for me to at least have felt like I'm getting my money's worth for having to buy the figure. Well, and the shield. When all is I tool. really want the shield is tools, right? We, I mean, we've seen that shield. It's tooled, right? I have. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I if we thought did. we had seen it in an early. Maybe not. I could be wrong. But that's that's all it would have taken, and and then I would have felt okay about paying for it because I would have felt like, okay, at least I'm getting something other than the torso. Because otherwise, it's just a box of shit I already have. Right. And the thing that, and one thing that I do. Um. And and I just I I can't believe that that wasn't on the table, you know, or maybe it was whatever. But um, so that being said, all of that rigmarole being said, I love Snake Armor He Man and I love 2000X King Hiss. One of my favorite sets from the entire line. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I, as I've said before, I'm a 2000X guy. Like that, I grew up with the filmation stuff, and I love it dearly. But the 2000X stuff, that, that just... It was great. I'm a oh, huge man. fan of it. I recommend anyone who's remotely interested in He-Man to get it. You can get it for, like, not $9, like, all three seasons yeah, yeah. On, on Amazon. Uh, it's ridiculously cheap, and it's excellent. And uh, you can even get a good number of the toys uh, for dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. And and there's some awesome toys. I Now that uh, I am winding down with this line... I'm going back and filling in some holes in the 2000X toys, and it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying going. Oh, cool! Back yeah, I might. I think my 2000X set is pretty complete um, of stuff that I want. There's some repaints and stuff that I, you know, towards the end of 2000X that I'm not interested in. But um, I, you know, that's when I got back into toy hunting. Yes, uh, and I miss, and I, you know, and I miss that. But I also do like it when the figures just show up in my ma- in, the, in the mail when they do, uh, which I will get to. When we get to December. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, that was February. Any other remarks on the snake debacle? Uh, no, just that that 
two thousand that Snake Armor He Man uh, for me was very unexpected uh, and a delightful <clears throat> surprise and and really because. I think when those were announced, we were still somewhat under the impression that we were not getting any 2000X specific yes, stuff. Yes, that anymore. was the company line for a long time. Right, the 2000X look is retired, and that was delightful, and was also followed up with the announcement of the 2000X uh, mini sub, which we'll which we'll be discussing as well. Which yes, was excellent. Uh, but no, that I mean that's about it. They're two awesome figures, and honestly. Uh, they are, and, and this might be an interesting post. You, you know, if you ever have the time, you and I could probably both do posts about maybe the top ten figures you'd recommend for a newbie for this line, like the ten that you think anybody would love. Sure, yeah, I can, we can do that. That would be a very cool post. But anyway, yeah, they're they're awesome. I love these figures. If you can find them at a con or go on eBay, get them for a reasonable yeah, price or whatever. These are just great toys. Even beyond being masters toys, they're just awesome figures. Yeah, lots of color. I mean, yeah, lots of lots of paint apps on Snake Armor He Man. Yes. Um, well, and King Hiss. I mean, yeah, both great, of them. Tons head of paint. Sculpt, beautiful hair on He Man. Um, King Hiss looks evil as shit and scary. Um, so then, so then March ha- March brought us Huntara, who um, is a filmation figure. She's from one of the filmation episodes. She's a bounty hunter. That's hired to hunt down He-Man, um, and is very unique looking. She's sort of the the even even not acknowledging the fact that she comes with two lightsabers. Um, she's already a very Star Wars esque looking character. Well, and also her her origin is very Boba Fetty. Yes. Uh, but two lightsabers that I would like to note she is apparently supposed to, sh- uh, supposed to store in her sheaths while they are ignited. Right. She has no option to unignite. Which, which is disappointing. I mean, Hasbro for over a decade now has been making little teeny lightsabers with removable blades. Mm-hmm. I, I think that could have happened here. Yeah. I agree. Um, I have her, I didn't, she didn't look right anywhere, um, on my shelf, so I actually put her on my new adventures shelf. Oh, interesting. To I, add another woman um to the to the new adventures good guy side. I've got um the royal family and some just randos on a shelf together and she's on that one. Right beside oh. uh Lizard Man, as a matter of fact. Oh, Lizard nice. Lizard Man and uh Seahawk. Nice. And she's fine. She looks fine. Her skin, her skin tone is the most interesting thing to me because it's unique in the line. Yeah, sort of, I don't even know what you call that. Purple, yeah, it, uh, lavender. It's, it's filmation lavender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hunter is cool. Um, it was nice to get another, another female and especially one as, you know, in a, in a, in a year that was heavy with Princess of Power fig- figures. Um, Maybe not so much as last year, but still, uh, it was nice to get a real badass woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't come with, uh, like, a that, that didn't that come with same a shield and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, then we got our subscription figure, which was Ular, the jungle He-Man. Yes! The original mini-comics He-Man. <laughs> I love him. I was so hyped for this guy, and I don't understand why, because he's arguably, like, the least interesting worst figure of the entire line. But I love him, and I wanted him so bad for some reason. 
so this is the first appearance of mini comics He-Man when he's just a member of a jungle tribe that leaves his tribe behind uh, to search for his fortune and destiny or what have you. Um, and he comes with he came with a, a cool uh, spear and a hatchet that actually got packed with Huntera because it didn't make it into Ular's box. Uh, and then he had one other. What was his other? He had a knife. Uh, he had the uh, a very generic sword that I think is a specific sword. I'm I'm okay. trying to remember what it was. I think it's a filmation like some person's no it's oh that's what it is it's from the mini comic uh when he meets the goddess Mm -hmm. she's in that little cave or whatever it is and she's got a bunch of weaponry just laying around Mm. and it's one of those just background random swords but it's i mean it's a cool little sword and it actually has paint on it so okay i'll take Um, it yeah his spear and his hatchet look great and actually now that you mention it i gave it to huntara because i don't care for the look of her lightsabers oh all right uh, he was one of the. He was the first um, classics character to come with bare feet. So that was his sort of thing, which kind of looked weird at his ankles. But um, in person, it looks in person it looks, it looks better. Yeah. He has a great face sculpt. Um, I yes. love putting. I love putting that face on other He-Man characters. Uh, he's got an awesome, just grimace, just mean. I'm gonna whoop your ass. Look on his face. And I, he's got uh, a, a nice variation on the He-Man loincloth too. Mm-hmm. That it's it's minus the belt. It's just the furry underpants. Well, it's not. It's more of it's more leather than fur, really. I believe. No, it's it's pretty furry. Is it? Yeah. I thought that it was. No, it's it's definitely. I could I could run my fingers through that. Oh, you guys. <laughs> 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 All right. I mean, right, if right. somebody paid me, or it was for the game show. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was Ular. So he was the subscription figure, which I think, you know, was not a huge draw no, as a no. subscription figure. No. Unless you're me. Unless you're the Phantom. <laughs> um, you know, it was, I mean, it's no Shadow Weaver. No, no, um, no, not at all. But but certainly not terrible. I think that, you know, Shit, it's not even it's not even a light hope. Right. Cause I'm still like that. That's one of there. There are a few holes I need to fill in this line as well. And mm-hmm. light hope is, is absolutely one of them. Mm. I need to track down a light hope. Well, maybe if you keep running your fingers through that loincloth hair, you, you <laughs> might get those holes, your holes filled. That's my and hope. <laughs> <laughs> so enough about, enough about the most plain figure in the entire line. Well, he's got a lot going for him in spite of his plainness. And I yes. think that really helped. Helped to make him not feel like, oh, great. Um, well, it's the, it's a naked He-Man. Uh, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, April brought us Queen Angela, the leader of the rebellion and queen of, uh, Etheria, who has awesome hawk girl wings and came with a, I think a, a sword we already had, um, and I think you you have a special little story between Angela, don't you? I do. She looks like Marky Post, and I love her for that. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody who Marky Post is if they don't? Oh, yeah, good point, because our listeners probably might be under the age of 40. Uh, Marky Post from 
TV's Night Court, which is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. She was the sassy and sexy public defender. And uh, I love her. I love Marky Post. Uh, she was definitely... As a matter of fact, everybody on that show, Harry Anderson, Richard Maul, who went on to be Two-Face, and Harvey Dent on Batman the Animated Series, uh, John Larroquette, like, that show's cast mm-hmm. is fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, the original Gomez Adams uh, showed mm-hmm. up. John Aston was on the show. Uh, and uh, it's it's just an awesome sitcom. If you've never checked out Night Court... Do it. Uh, I don't know that you can get it any way other than nefarious means or DVD right now, but uh, I, I yeah. love it. Now, on our list here, uh, the next thing that's listed is the Spirit of Grayskull translucent figure that has still eluded me. Oh shit! You oh. don't have that one? Do no, I've have seen it. One? I've seen it. I've seen the message. I've seen. I got an email saying, "Hey." From Maddie, hey, he's out. Come oh, get him. Oh no, I don't have it either. I've got Hordak, but I and uh, and I've got the the original King Gray Skull. I, I have, have not been able to get him. Every time I've every time I've seen that Holy he's available, shit. he was sold out. And I the last time I even had him in my cart and was ready to go. And when I when I had and I I had to change something or. Uh, or whatever. And by the time I had finished the process, okay. it was gone. Now that so. was uh, he was up for. Like twenty three seconds on the Black Friday sale, right? Probably. I think, I think that was the last time he was offered. Yeah. Or Cyber so Monday, or well, if I'll ever get him. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a translucent King Grayskull. That and originally I said I wouldn't want him, and then it was either you or Ryan who said, "Oh, come on, man, you don't <laughs> want to have him in front of your Castle Grayskull glowing in the dark." And I was like, "God damn it." <laughs> Dude, it's well, and that's the that's why it's it's such a thorn in my side. Is it is a translucent glow in the dark figure, which is like it plugs both of your holes, right? Exactly. My gosh, I mean, they just announced that, and right. uh, I, I dirtied my sheets. Yeah, you are all a, a you're yeah. So anybody anybody listening, if you if you guys have a couple of spare Spirit of Grayskull figures, Spirit of King Grayskull laying around, uh, send them to. To the Phantom Zone, and we'll disperse one to Bo. Uh, okay, then we had our convention figure of the year, which was Skeletor's Hover Robots from Filmation. Shockingly easy to obtain. Shockingly. Um, I've got two sets, and I've got one set still in the box. Me too. Uh, well, no, I, op- I opened all mine, but I, d- I got two sets as well. Yeah, I have. I just hadn't had the shelf space to open up the second pair, or second set yet. Me either, uh, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> Uh, and I knew I was moving. I was like, okay. Um, but they're great. They came with little stickers for battle damage. They came on translucent stands, uh, like Orko. They came with interchangeable ha- hands that they could do the blade, spinning blade hands or the grabber hands. <laughs> and let me just uh, say, had- uh, those stickers are fantastic. I am not typically a fan of that. Customize your figure with these stickers because it always looks like shit. Like sure. if you remember uh, Tattoo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the big sumo guy, mm-hmm. and he came with a sheet of stickers that you could put on him as tattoos, so the kids could determine what they wanted him to be tattooed with. Uh, and they all look terrible because they didn't conform to the contours of the figure at all. They just look like a shit. Guy. Yeah, he was. He's a sumo guy. He's yeah. Samoan. What are you gonna do? Uh, but 
these, I mean, these are very thin stickers with great adhesive. They conform to the curvature of the robots, and they look fantastic on. And they also had um, lenticular mouth stickers. Yes. Which were cool. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah, um, I dug them. They were cool. I don't, I don't know if it was a great convention exclusive, per se, but, you know, whatever. Um, that brings us to May with oh, no. Blast Attack. Oh, no. I like Blast Attack just fine. He He... I don't have any problems with him. Uh, he, he, you know, other than, you know, if you have a problem with him not having his action feature, then that can't be helped. But, um, I think he looks like the, he looks like the vintage figure, you know? I, uh, I hate Blast Attack. Not only because he does not have his action feature, which we'll get into that aspect of this conversation a little bit later. Uh, I hate him because he comes with the stupidest weapon ever, <laughs> a laser axe pogo stick. Yeah, uh, well, I think, I, I don't know, man. Phantom, that picture is so good. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I maybe, did. Maybe that was worth it. If you visit needlessthingsite.com and look at my review of Blast Attack, I managed to capture Blast Attack in laser pogo stick action, uh, which, you know, I'll admit, yes, I do a lot of dumb things for the site, and that was almost worth the 30 dollars I paid for this idiot, but I have to put a bag, this figure is so fucking ugly, I have to put a bag over it so my dogs don't lick it thinking it's their ass. <laughs> this is the ugliest action figure I've ever owned in my entire life. And I understand it's another one of those circumstances where that this is what the vintage figure looked like. Uh, but good gosh, this thing is just an eyesore. Like, I'm embarrassed that it's in the room. However, and here's a little teaser for two hours from now when we get to, <laughs> when we get to later in the year. Uh, here's a little teaser. It is possible that Blast Attack was redeemed by someone else later on. Ooh. I'll, I'll, I'll hang Stay that. Stay tuned, Phantom yes. Stay, don't you dare tune out now. <laughs> All right, what's next? Okay, next up is Squeeze, the last Snake Man figure. Um, that's accurate, right? Yes. The last Snake Man figure, Squeeze. Uh, he, they did him and they did him right. Yes. He's, I mean, he's perfect in every way. Uh, he I has love... the arms that totally work. He's cut, he's bright, bright, neon, burn your retinas out green. Which some people didn't like, but I think it's delightful. I think it's great. Yes. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, great locking, really interesting lot, those ratcheting shoulder joints that he's yes. got. Fantastic, so that they didn't droop. You know, it was gravity couldn't just droop them down. Now that you know, the same can't necessarily be said about his legs. But <laughs> you, know, you know, whenever you have one of these big figures that has a big silhouette, which we'll be getting to another one of those in a minute. Yes. Um, you know, they always end up in the same place in the back of the shelf, leaning up against the wall. You know, because you can't put him in front of anything, or it blocks everybody. So he's going to be back up against the wall anyway, at the back of the shelf. I actually have my squeeze right at the front corner of the shelf oh. 
because I uh, I curled his arms up almost like a 1920s pugilist getting ready oh. to engage in fisticuffs. Oh. And he's so I just I love the look of him so much. I had to put him in the front of the Snake Men. Very cool. And I love uh, while, while I'm jabbering. Uh, I love his razor sharp thigh plates. Yes. Because in my mind, he grabs people and just drags them into those things and tears them apart. Well, yeah, they're, he cuts them, they're like cheese slicers. Yes. He just slices off bits and then eats them. Because don't forget, not only are the snake men Nazis, they're also cannibals. Yes. <laughs> yes. Represents well, cannibals. They're not really cannibals because they don't. Well, eat other yeah, snakes. they don't eat each other. Well, I don't. But, maybe they do. They probably do. They might. They're I, assholes. I, I bet. I bet there was a time where they would have eaten Cobra Khan if they could have. They. Well, yeah, I believe that. But yeah, the you know the the snake men are the sort of Nazi. You know, we're not just gonna like kill everyone who isn't like us, but we're also gonna eat them. Um, you know, it's like if the Daleks were eating people. Um, right, right. You know, scary, scary stuff. So I, I've always been a big fan of the Snake Men, and, and Squeeze was our last uh, Snake Men to get, and I think that he was the perfect cherry on top um, of the Snake Men. I guess if you're not counting the horrible situation that is King Hiss's torso. Well, and Squeeze almost feel he like he almost brushes up against being like a deluxe figure. Because he does have the large size, the profile. Yes, I, I think we talked about that, that he was regular price. Right, and, and but know. he technically has what I would consider to be an action feature with those That's, arms. Yeah, him and, him and we, I think that we maybe suspected both he and Mermista. Yes, I was surprised. He figures. Yes. And they yeah, so kudos for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the other figure for June was Multibot. Um, who is like Modulok, uh, in the sense that he comes with a bunch of different, uh, parts and it can be disassembled and reassembled into a variety of, of ways. Um, he's great. I have two of him and I think three Moduloks. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> although I don't, I think one of the Moduloks is still in the box because I realize that there's only so many, um, you'd only go so far. Right, right. Because he eventually turns into his his limbs terminate him. Right. Uh, there's only I so much you can extend him. Right. You know. Uh, so I, after opening the second one, I realized that opening a third wasn't really getting me anywhere. Right. Um. Uh. So the two, but but with two modulocks and two multibots, you can you can build a pretty big thing. Met what Ultra Beast. Ultra Beast, yeah. Is that right? okay. um, but really, all you can do is build a thing of effectively the same size and just put lots of limbs on it. Right. Which is not what I wanted. I wanted to, to do the Jack Fields crown of Modulox. <laughs> right, um, right. But they can't actually, you, you can't do it. No. Which is really disappointing. But, um, but there are lots of really cool, you know, things. Now, the color scheme of Multibot is very different than the color scheme of Modulock, which is a lot more cohesive. Multibot's color scheme is kind of all over the place. Um, so he doesn't quite look... You know, he just kind of looks like a bunch of robots got into a fight and somebody 
kind of put them all back together. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got to say, and, and once again, this is where I'm at odds with the vintage design more than anything else. Uh, I don't love Multibot because he's another pretty ugly figure. Uh, I love that he's actually a toy, mm-hmm. which we don't have a lot of in this line. So that's really great. You can take them apart, put them back together, combine things in different ways. But just as a figure on the shelf, he's he's an eyesore. Mm, yeah, I would agree. Mm, uh, um, yeah, I would agree. Modulock looks great on the shelf. Yes, um, yes. You know, put him next to Mantana, and you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> ah, they're coming for me. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, um, Multibot is not the stuff of nightmares um, that he could be. Which then brings us to July, where we got Pika Blue as our club figure. Um, Pika Blue is the Peacock pre precog or no? She's she ESP. Um, ESP wielding peacock woman. Well, she can see far away. Right. Right? Yeah. Extra sensory perceptions. Yes, you can see far away. Extra special peacock. Extra special peacock. Um, She's got a great paint job, um, but she's one of those figures, like I was saying about uh, squeeze that you know I she's at the back of the shelf she she's you know because she's like excuse me ladies right you know, like, right no one else can stand behind her um, because of her obscuring of her of her uh, obscuring powers of her big peacock fan I do the mechanics on her the way her fan plugs into her back is is cool and works just fine well um, the fact that this is what I probably had the biggest turnaround on this figure of any figure I've ever had because I had no desire whatsoever for Pika Blue. Uh, and then once I got her, I found out that that peacock tail, you can actually unplug it, turn it over, and plug it in upside down mm-hmm. so it looks like the train of a dress. Yeah. And that made and her... And then you started cosplaying. Yeah, I did. I'm working <laughs> started on started working my, on that Pika I'm, Blue cosplay. I'm working on my Pika Dude costume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like, that made all the difference in the world to me, that I could turn that over and, like, mm-hmm. actually... Because she, she is... She's got an interesting color scheme. Like, everything works yeah, together. Yeah. The green and the red and the blue and then the yellows. Like, like it all works throughout the figure. And she has a great face. Uh, it's amazing to me still that the four horsemen have taken, you know, what were originally fairly generic characters, uh, with somewhat interchangeable faces. And every single one of the females in this line have very distinctive, you know, not just the makeup and the colors, but the actual bone structure and the shape of the face. Like, they're all very distinctive. And, and yeah, they, huge props I've for that. I've heard that they do, that they pick like actresses or models or, you know, that they, they like go. Like Marky from- Post. Right, they go. They go from a, a, a source when they're sculpting these faces. They're not just like, right. oh, we'll make it a woman who's pretty. You know, right, they, right. They're, yeah, they're they're going from something specific, which I think is why they all look so different because they're different people. 
So, yeah. Um, and I think that the fact that she came with the battle fan was a huge, just great acknowledgement of the creativity of the horsemen. Well, and also it was a smart move because even if you're not consciously aware of it, I think anybody who thinks of like battle fan, like that's a ninja weapon. Mm-hmm. That's a badass weapon because it's it's one of those things that's like oh you've got a fan and then a head goes flying right but such a great but such a great choice of a weapon for a peacock character sure like, sure absolutely you know, it's it's so natural um so I thought that was and, fantastic and then the shield and then the shield <laughs> and thank goodness that she came with something that wasn't just the shield right right and and that made sense that was like you know i mean they've done such a good job with the different horde member making the crossbows unique yeah. and just like think it just think like it shows that they thought about it yes you yes know? uh which just makes me remember that yes the people who are making these figures care about the characters and the 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 the, the you know making action figures which is just great. So, I yeah, Peekaboo's awesome. She she fits in on the Shira shelf with all the rest of the girls. Looks great. Uh, and then the other July figure was the first figure of the 2000X subscription, which we'll we'll just go ahead and mix that in. Yeah. Since at this point, anybody who is subscribing is almost certainly just subbing in with with the mini sub as well. Well, I, I think that. Especially, because uh, we we because one of the things that was unique about this year is that we saw almost, if not all of the figures in the sub before you before you could buy it. We well, they were all named. Did, I, did we see them all, or were they just named? We saw. I feel like we saw more of them than we had in the past. Because yes, I think in absolutely. the Shira sub, you didn't even know you you knew. Like one character, two characters. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't know anything beyond that. I mean, they were very upfront with who you were getting in this, in this, in this sad on sub. You definitely knew all the names, and I think you had seen everybody, if not almost everybody. I don't know that we saw Provis. Provis. I, cause I think I remember having to look him and maybe even Ceratus up. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, we, I mean, we saw at least four of them to start. Yeah, but you, this was definitely the, the best job they've done with one of the add-on subs with knowing, you know what you're getting. For you sure. By the sub, you know what you're getting. You know, no teases, no like, oh, it's someone's sword, who's it gonna be? You don't know, buy it anyway. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, and I think that was just fantastic. Um, and Calix is badass. He is huge. Um, he's an excellent, Example of what the horseman can do with the classic buck and, and completely make it look like a brand new action figure. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, t- yeah, fan which, of which is what they did with this entire 2000X line. Yes. It is, the, the whole line is a feat, an amazing feat of engineering. With using what, using what they have and then making these, fig- these 2000X figures, which you know, did very did gr- very greatly in 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 shape, much more so than the original um, the original sh- the original filmation show, and really made these characters come alive. Well, that, I mean, that was you know one of the demands 
of the first few waves of the original Masters line was, well, you're going to share a lot of parts. You have, you know, you have the, the hero parts, uh, the evil parts, and then some different monster parts, the hairy guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that was one of the things is like, we, we want to create this line where we can use the same arms, legs, chest for lots of different characters. Whereas the 2000 X line, didn't really well didn't at all have that mandate they didn't which is part of why it failed (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) which is why you ended up with a bunch of repaints towards the end right why why you ended up with the same he-man with 18 different armors so uh but yeah the uh, calyx is he looks amazing he's so stony uh he looks like uh, what did I say? Darkseid and Doomsday had a baby or something right. like that. So, something along those lines. But he's, he's very imposing. Uh, even though in the episode he's, he appears in, he gets, he's a chump. Yeah, he gets blasted to death by Hordak, uh, in seconds. <laughs> but he does look like a heavy. He looks like, like the tough guy that roughs people up for the Horde. Right. I was a little disappointed in his bio that said that he could, come back to life, you know, that he could reform his body from pebbles. I was like, that it cheapens, it cheapens Hordak killing him for show. Right, right. Um, you know, it's like, the, it's like that guy, it's, you know, it's like Vader force choking a guy out, then the guy being like, no, I'm good. But I'm let's, good. but let's be honest, this is not Star Wars. And I honestly think that that bio is is so that we don't feel like assholes for buying some guy that was on screen for twelve seconds. Yeah, well, because that's what Star Wars fans do. That's not what Masters fans do. Yeah, but he could have been. He could have had this great career as a Horde general and still, and then and then it would have made Hordak even scarier that he was just like, yeah, you've served me well. You're a brilliant strategist, but you backtalked me, and well, mouthed me, and now I'm gonna blow you a fucking heart. As we will soon be discussing. I don't think they're too concerned about maintaining the integrity of Hordak. Well, that's fair. <laughs> so then we get to uh, any other thoughts on Calyx? No, I love no. the the sandstone red, like the horde, the, his horde emblem. Did yes. it feel like it had to be like blood red? That like was a good enhancement because he didn't yeah. in the cartoon. He was all one color, right? So that that was a nice deviation. I think that was a good call. Well, that, 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 that was a, that, that, that sandstone kind of color is a naturally occurring rock color. Yes. And a, and a, he would have been, he would have been too boring if he'd been all gray. Yes. And I think that it would have looked unnatural if it had been, you know, horde red or right, whatever, right. you know, whatever Pantone horde, horde empire red is. <laughs> um, but then you, so that brings us to Rotar and Twistoid, who Which, I have actually written, well, I've transcribed. Or I've di- oh, no, no, I've I've dictated, I've dictated a review. Oh no, kidding! Of Rotar and Twistoid that I have yet to go back through, and and read and correct whatever it is that my phone thought Just I was saying. Send send me what you've got and I'll do it. Uh, because oh, I, I don't know, it's pretty bad. Is it bad? I didn't. Well, I didn't get these guys. I, oh, I passed. Okay. I passed on them. Um, they are. Interesting. <laughs> um, there, there really isn't a good way to display them. Is my biggest beef with them. 
they don't um, come with I thought they came with like stands for their there are pussy bodies. There are multiple ways to display them, none of which are good. Oh no. Basically, um they yeah, okay, so so these are two characters that in the vintage line were real gimmicky and they were basically like spinning tops. Um, you know, I don't know what, do you know the name of the toys that, that are modern toys that like gyro battle or, oh, uh, Bakugan? Whatever. I think these, these were basically like the original versions of those and you could, you could wind them up kind of, uh, not wind them up is not the right word. Like you would. Well, they had a, they had a zip cord or. No, they didn't. Oh, they didn't? No, they had, um, you would kind of like how you, you could. You know the cars that you can run back and you run right, them back right. a bunch and it builds up oh, speed I didn't realize and then you let they them go. Like that. They were like that. And you would sort of hold them at an angle and run them across the floor a couple of times and they would build up the speed and you would let them go and they would spin around the room and knock all your oh, other figures down. And their arms are, were on these loose hinges. And so the centrifugal force of the spinning would make their arms stick out. And they were cool. I mean, it was a really fun – I mean, I had I had Brotar – when I was a kid, I didn't have Twistoid, but they were, it was fun. I mean, it had a huge amount of play value with the action feature. So, as we suspected, always when we, you know, thought, okay, when they get to Rotar and Twistoid, that they would have legs. The original figures never had legs, uh, so these come with legs. Um, Which is another, I, you know, again, I have to give uh, whoever made that decision. I have to give them props for doing it. Because it's another one of those things they didn't have to do. Well, yes and no. Really? Well, giving them legs isn't really a big deal because they've got tons of legs lying around. Well, right. Um, but, I mean, it it definitely adds – I mean, honestly, let's let's be honest here. This is Maddie. They could have sold them minus the legs for the same price. Sure. They could have. It's great. Well, it's great that they have the legs. But then story-wise – I think Rotar was created in response, is a robot that was created in response to, or no, Twistoid, sorry, Twistoid was a robot that was created, uh, in response to, um, to Twist, to, to, to Rotar after his accident. So it kind of doesn't make any sense for Twistoid to have legs. Oh, right, right. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Right. So there's that. Um, what is really cool, though, and it's probably, like, maybe my favorite thing that has come out of the bios, is that because Twistoid was a robot, um, he was destroyed and up, and his consciousness was uploaded to a Rotan. You know, the spinning Rotan vehicles? Oh, right. And then you had, and then they had a sentient Rotom. That we don't have yet. Yeah. Which is still my one, my one vehicle that I really, really want. Because the bad guys don't have any vehicles, they only have beasts. Uh, yeah, which um, is really annoying. And, and it is, it is a fantastic vehicle. It is super iconic of, of Masters. And it's actually not that complicated. Right, it's, it's super simple. It's really three parts. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. It's three yeah, it's cool. a bottom, it's a top, and it's anything in the middle. Yes, fucking do it, guys! Like, let's do it. It's, it'd be smaller than the, uh, the 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 one thing I have down here is my point dread, 
<laughs> it's it's much smaller than Point Dread. I'm very uh, I, I'm very excited. By the way, we'll get to it. I'm very excited to get to Point Dread because I I have not bought that yet either. Ooh, really? Okay. Uh, and we'll we'll get into that. So okay, so so then, but back to Return Twistoid. So they have two different types of stands that they can that they can sit on. So they have like three display options. You need to put them on the legs, which I think doesn't make any sense because that's not what they were. Um, but they don't stand up on their own. You have to put them on some kind of stand. They have stands that are these big like weapon stands that were from the original figures where they would, these things would, you'd plug them into these things and these things would spin around and like knock people's legs up from each other or from under them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have a really big, but they have a really big footprint. Which doesn't do you any good. Oh, right. It takes up all the space on your shelf. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Right? So, but then the only other way to display them short is they have these extra little stands that they come on, but they look really goofy. It, it looks like they're a trophy. <laughs> they're like, not clear? It, no, they're not clear. They, they, they're, they're colored. They're like the, the, the Twistoid one is orange and, and the Rotar uh, one is see? I all right in my head because like I said I did not order these guys because they just weren't I well honestly mostly I didn't order them because I hate the fact that Stonedar and Rockon are sitting on my shelf I need I still to have, I still have them too I need to put them fuckers up on eBay because I'm tired of looking at them I hate yeah. them um, but I didn't order these guys but in my head you just uh, thought they were like that well no 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 I thought they would have little clear. Uh, maybe three inch diameter stands that you could just plug them into so that they would look natural in their twistyoid or whatever. Well, what I, what I had hoped they would do is come with like a little dust cloud base. Oh, that would have been very cool. That would look like they were kicking up dust as they were like zipping around. Sure, sure. and now I don't know how you would do that. I don't even know what that would look well, like. Well, but, but again, let's let's be honest and say that that my clear stand idea is probably the best we could have hoped for from Maddie. Well, that all said, that those two figures, there's a lot of shit in that box because you have three different ways to display them. Yeah, it's uh, they come with weapons. I mean, there is there is a ton of plastic it's, in that it's, box. It's just more poor decision making than. Anything well, else. it was it was more like they were like, "Hey, we want to give you all these options because it's cool." But none of them are but, good. But none of them really are d- the best. Um, now, yeah, here's, a qu- here's a question: uh, To your knowledge, are there any third party? Oh, I don't know. To my knowledge, no, I don't know. I that, haven't. Looked. I would think that would be something because I know there are a ton of third party guys <laughs> out there that are doing custom stuff. I think that would be very smart to make those dust clouds that you were talking about. That that yeah. would be I think everybody would that bought these figures would want those. Well, that's the thing though, is like you didn't buy them. No, I didn't. So <laughs> how big of a I yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, I w I would be very curious to know how well these guys went over. But here's the thing is I would say and this is just my guess. I would guess the greater percentage of people that are actually subscribing to this line are at the very least uh, vintage line completists. They want 
if they they want guys are vintage, right? Right, they're from the vintage line, which actually makes me now. You know, personally, I'm glad that they were not part of the sub because I didn't particularly want them. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they should have been part of the sub because part of the sub stated goal was recreating every single figure from the vintage line. And these guys are from the vintage line. So that being the case, I actually think they were a poor choice for a subscription, uh, or I'm sorry, for a Comic-Con exclusive. Because you got, you know, guys that want to complete that vintage collection or that update or whatever had to have them. Well, this was a choice that we saw made earlier with with the with the Rock Warrior or the Comet Warriors, right? Right. Where they were like, "Look, we have these, we have this two pack, and we know they're not that we know they're not popular characters. So rather than pull a Star Sisters on everybody, oh gosh! But see, that's the thing is, uh, as much as I don't want, you know. I don't want these guys. I I now don't want Stone Dark and Rock on, but I would rather have them than the Star Sisters. Sure, right? Because they fall they under vintage. right, and they fall under that mission statement of we're recreating the vintage line. Right. Yeah. Star Sisters, yes. Well, okay. In theory, Star Sisters would have been a great convention exclusive because people who wanted them could have gotten them. People who well, and that's what they were trying to do. To. That's exactly my point. Is they said, "Well, we learned our lesson with Star Sisters, so for these like sort of random, not random, not not random." Well, random. but they're not. They're they were a part of the Vintage Line. There's no comparing these guys to the Star Sisters. There's just not. But people, but they have the same. But they have. But these guys are. You can compare them to the to the Comet Warriors. In the sense that there's, there are these two pack, they have this very, you know, you you can in that way, but I, I don't, and I'll, I'll take a hardline stance on this. Anything that was a toy in the original line should have been part of the sub. Part of the sub. Anything that was not could have been fodder for convention. So the Star Sisters, uh, Demo Man, who was another prototype, because the Star Sisters and Demo Man fall into the same category because they were prototype toys. Right. Uh, even Ular, which granted he ended up being uh, the sub exclusive. Right. But anything, uh, personally, I think anything that was part of the Vintage Line should have been part of the sub. Fair enough. You want to move on to Mara? I think yeah. we probably should because I doubt anybody gives as much of a shit about Rotar and Twistoid as we of just all did. The people who I thought we would devote time to. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that being said, that I did have a lot of things to say in my review, and 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 I'll, I'll try to dig that up for you and, and send it to you. Um, yeah, or, if you can finish you it, even because I did have a lot. I did actually have a lot to say. I really enjoy them. I really enjoy the playability. Right. Well, um, and again, again, they're toys. They right. do have a lot to play with. There's a big fun factor with those guys. Yes. Yeah, they are super fun. Right. They're 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 on the shelf factor is what bothers me. Right, right. But as right. far as coming with like as far as value, you get a ton for your money on these guys. Speaking of coming, let's move on to Mara. All right. The uh, sexiest Mara, figure in the whole line. She is a very attractive figure. She's um, a foxy lady who would knock you out with her crazy ass ponytail mace. Yes. Uh, she is a New Adventures character. She was basically the Tila of New Adventures. Um, so hugely important, you know, figure because you have four 
lines that you're trying to um, give equal time to with with classics. Which let's go ahead and once again, and and you know. Uh, since 2015 was so successful, I'm being very generous with this, but let's once again give props to Maddie for encompassing everything. It would have been very easy for them to say, you know what, we're not going to mess with new adventures, we're not going to mess with Princess of Power, we're not going to, let's just do the Vintage Masters of the Universe line. How easy would it have been, and probably, uh, you know, how much less shit would they have had to take if they had just done that? Well, but you have to remember that the original guiding force behind this, behind classics was sell as many He-Man figures as you possibly can. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And that meant digging, digging into bringing all of the different iterations of He-Man together from the, the original Filmation cartoon to the Princess of Power cartoon to New Adventures to 2000X to the Golden Books to uh, the mini-comics. And creating one continuity. Brought together, and and this enormous roadmap was created. But that's what I'm saying, is that was a bold decision to make. Because when you take each of those continuities, they do not work well together. No. And so, the Four Horsemen... Made it look, made it come together. Well, we've got to give credit to the Four Horsemen for design-wise making it all look right on the shelf together. But we've got to give massive credit to Scott Knightlick for yeah. taking the stories. And you know, some of these bios are not great. Uh, some of them are inspired, uh, and yeah. we'll get to my favorite bio from the entire line in a bit. Uh, but. Regardless of the quality of what he did, he made it all work. If you sit down and look at these bios, mm-hmm. nothing is contradictory. Well, yeah, it was all woven together. Yeah. Yes, and and man, that is that is some next level nerd shit right there. Well, that's the beauty. I mean, then that like I've said, the reason that I only collect one thing and I collect He Man is because of what these people did with it. Yes, it is people. It is people who love. These properties making these toys. And, and that's exactly right. And for, for all of the flaws that we perceive, uh, whether they're personal nitpickery or whether they're actual issues with the line, there's no denying the passion that yeah. went into this line. And there is no other toy line on this planet outside of some of the Kickstarter stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other, uh, I consider, you know, it was offered very uniquely. You have to get online to buy these, but I still consider it part of mass market retail because just anybody can go buy them. You just have to get online to do it. Uh, it's not mass market though. Well, but it's, because a because they're not because they're not marketing them to the masses, and b there aren't that many of them. But like, it's a known property. It's a licensed thing. It's not. Uh, like when you take something like Legends of Cthulhu, uh, which was done purely as a Kickstarter project and just took off. It was an original property. Uh, granted, it's based on H.P. Lovecraft, but it's an original property. It's there's no there's no history there. There's no cartoon. There's no tie-in. This is a licensed property. I guess is what I'm. Uh, it's not mass market. It's a licensed property. Right. So it's something that. 
like my mom knows who He-Man is. Right. So it it has that kind of recognition. So Well, the, actually actually it's not a licensed property because Mattel is the one making them. Well, that's true. They like they, they yeah, it's actually almost like it's the opposite of a yeah, license. It's product. almost reverse licensing. Yeah, but yeah. but you know what I mean? It's a world it has a worldwide name value. Yes. Uh so it really is a, a totally different proposition from from a lot of the toy lines out there, and there's so much passion, there's so much creativity. Like as much as I love GI Joe, nobody nobody that has ever worked on the GI Joe line loved GI Joe like Scott Knight, like loved Masters of the Universe. That is true. Uh, nobody that's worked on the Universal Monsters line for uh, Diamond Select Toys for Sideshow Toys has loved it as much as Scott Knightlick did. And I say that knowing that these guys love that stuff, knowing that John St. John, the guy that sculpts a lot of these Universal Monsters toys, I know he loves Universal Monsters, but he has not written officially licensed Universal Monsters fan fiction. Hundreds of them. Right. Hundreds of them. Right. I mean... And he wrote all the mini... He wrote all the new mini comics. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of people wrongfully give him shit. I, I miss the fuck out of Nightlick's uh I can't remember what it was called, but he oh, was doing yeah. he was doing these almost like diary entries about the history of the line. That lasted for like a year. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I remember those. Some those people gave him shit and, and I, this is probably why he stopped it, because I know what it, believe you me, <laughs> listeners, I know what it's like to get shit on the internet, and I'm not a billionth as big as Scott Knightlick was. Um, he, he wrote, started writing these fascinating histories of the classics line. Like how, yeah, how, what, the, how, why they made the decisions. Oh, I adored them. I yeah. adored them. But people were like, oh, he's tooting his own horn about blah, 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 blah. You know what? Everybody who gave him shit for that, fuck you. Every single one of you. Because that man loved this line. I do not doubt for a second that he spent, you know, yes, he had a 40-hour work week for Mattel. I don't doubt for a second that he had a second 40-hour work week for the Classics line. Because, oh, absolutely. Because guess what? I work a 40-hour work week at my day job, and I work a 40-hour work week for Needless Things. Yep. I know what it's like to have that passion, to love something, and nightly. And that's definitely part of the reason that he that he decided to step down and or to, to move on was that you know he had a kid and he wanted he wanted just the 40 hours. Yes, and I totally understand that. And honestly, I don't blame him after taking no. as much shit as he's taken. No, I don't blame him. And he accomplished what, you know, after, what, 2009, I think, was the first Classics releases. So five, six years of doing something, which, uh, interestingly enough, 2009 is when I officially started Needless Things. Five, six years of doing something, and I have not taken a, a, a hundredth of the abuse that Nightlick has taken. Uh, I can't even imagine. So, you yeah, know what? I, you know, the, he, none, I, I'm looking at my point dread right now. It, and it's, it's insane. And none, none of it, none, the, the one thing I collect, the one thing 
none of it would have been possible if, if it wasn't for Scott. Do you know what I'm looking at right now, Bo? Mm. I'm looking at a mostly naked Dolph Lundgren getting whipped by a red laser whip. Oh, we'll get to that whip. <laughs> we will. No, we no, we will get to that Stop whip, won't we? Sorry, um, all right. I want to take a brief break. Absolutely. I need to refuel and also make room. So uh-huh. I'm going to pause us right now. I'm going to make a time. And we are going to... Oh. Oh, wait. We didn't actually talk about Mara. We got sidetracked. We, yeah, we, we started on her. We and started we, on her. And we got sidetracked on, on the line as a whole right. and Scott. So Mara is yeah. very, very cool. To me, she looks like a mix of like Buck Rogers and Conan. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a pretty good summary of he made totally in general. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, man, I dig her a lot and I didn't know who she was because I never paid a whole, like, I bought He-Man and Skeletor from the New Adventures line because I was intrigued. Both yeah. of them are great. They're yeah, fantastic. I, I was, well, no, 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 I mean back in the day. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The, the original toy line because at that point, uh, I don't remember when New Adventures came out, but at the time I was collecting on the sly because I, I never stopped collecting toys, but there were a few years where I stopped talking about collecting toys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I was very intrigued by a new He-Man line with different articulation, different character design, mm-hmm. uh, and I bought He-Man and Skeletor. And then I watched the cartoon, and it was, and I have not watched it since. But at the time, I felt it was horrible. So I totally and I lost. I tried to watch one episode one night, yeah. and I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, it's, it's so bad. It's I, it makes it makes me hate it. There when were I watch it, it makes me hate it. A lot. There were a lot of things I was wrong about when I was a kid, but I have a feeling not liking that cartoon was not one of them. You are correct. Uh, so, Mara, I was not familiar with in any way, but I saw the first picture of her they put up, and I was like, oh, I this is cool. I'm definitely in with sci-fi, like, a, a, you know, a little Barbarella-ish looking, like, totally. just I mean, cool. she's super Barbarella. I mean... And she's gimmicky. She has her gimmick. Um, you know, she now correct me if I'm wrong. Did she come with the sword and a shield or just the shield? Uh, no, she came with the, the shield. Okay. And, I know who I'm, t- I know who I'm thinking. And about. then the, the flash Gordon-y like, uh, Naginata spiked mace. Thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. She comes with all her own stuff and then her. Um, you can take one section out of her hair. Yes. Shorten it. Yes. Um, but she has this cool, wicked, uh, spiked ball on the end of her ponytail, which is just like the one on the end of her spear, uh, thing. I, I will say, this is my only complaint about the figure. Mm-hmm. I do wish you could take the ball off and it would look just like a normal ponytail. <laughs> because the spike ball ponytail is a bit much. Sure. So I, I and, and if you just take that part off, you're left with this weird clasp. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look quite right. Sure. But for the purposes of recreating the original figure, they did an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, she's great. Um, she's super cool looking. She looks fantastic with the rest of the new adventures people. Yes. Um, she looks great, uh, actually with Antara. 
Um, you know, their outfits, they both have these, you know, cool, futuristic looking space bikinis, space bikinis. Yeah, totally. Um, sort of big shoulder pads, very eighties. Um, yeah, they're, she's, she's great. She's, um, you know, to only get what one new adventures figure this year. Yeah. She's the one. I mean, she's, she's definitely the one. Yeah. And she was one, she was one of the, the poll votes as well. Oh, was um, she? I didn't between, realize that. Yeah, it was between her and another New Adventures character, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, she was the winner, so she's great. Well, I'm glad she was because she uh, she does. She looks great, and she fits right in with that New Adventures aesthetic. Absolutely. Uh, then that brings us to one of our quarterly variants. Oh, here we go. Here we go, which is Buzzsaw Hordak. Ugh. Phantom, do you want to you want to spew your vitriol? Yeah, I'll. Uh, there there are so many issues with this figure. Uh, issue number one is he makes me even angrier that Rio Blast sucks so bad. Yeah, that's because we thing. we see. Well, wait a minute. You can make a new torso with a gimmick, but you told us you couldn't do that. But you did do that, and you did it for one of the most worthless variants we've gotten in the entire line. Uh, because they did not make one tiny little bit of effort to differentiate this guy from regular Hordak. Aside that's not from, true. Well, okay. Aside from him having a shittier paint job and this this uh, openable torso. Because he is, he looks like a dollar store version of Hordak. He is. He's, he's like the, he's the like Mexican knockoff. Yes. Like, (laughs) yes. He is. He's lacking so many paint apps compared to the regular version of Hordak. And his chest opens and shoots out this little fucking turd. No, no, no. it doesn't shoot anything. Well, no, right, right. Yes. You're right. Conceals a turd saw. Right. Um, one of the one of the biggest gripes is that like they went and did this different paint job on him, and that his belt is wrong. That oh really? They, they repainted him to look to match the Buzzsaw Hordak paint job, but didn't change his belt. Oh, interesting. I, I was not yeah, aware. Yeah, there's of that. a belt. There's there's an issue with the belt that it's like okay, you go through all this trouble to give us another Hordak that's supposed to be Buzzsaw Hordak, and you repaint him to be. Buzzsaw Hordak, but you don't finish the job. All I knew was his belt did not have as much paint as the original Hordak. So it's not even the right color. It's not, it's not even the right belt, I don't think. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I, I forget, I forget the details. I should have done my research, but. Damn yeah, it, man, we don't do research on this show. It's, I sometimes do. I know you do, and I, we love you for that. That's why I'm you're the spiritual, that's why you're, that's why you're the spiritual co-host of the show. Right. Uh, so, the the biggest beef, obviously, you know, is that is that, I, and I love Rio Blast uh, as a as a character and as a figure from my youth, and for him to have been executed very poorly, um, which is the the general consensus is that they they really dropped the ball on Rio Blast and we were given bullshit reasons for why he couldn't do what he did. Which, by the way, go back and listen to the first Needless Things podcast of 2015 for right. the detail, for the deets, as the kids probably don't say, on Rio Blast at needlessthingssite.com. 
and then to be to be given this, which you know is is arguably you know now on one hand they had to finish the vintage lines, so we had to get Buzzsaw Hordak. That yes, was and cool. I that I accept. Like right. I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't have gotten a Buzzsaw Hordak. And and that's and that's and that's obviously where this happened. This happened because in in relation to Rio Blast. That because Buzzsaw Hordak is so not different than regular Hordak, that there wasn't anything they could do to fulfill the promise of all the vintage figures if they didn't give him the action feature. Right. Whereas with, with, uh, with Rio Blast, they were like, well, he already has so many other parts and so much new tooling that we just can't afford the chest feature. And we don't make a promise on action features. You know, we do them when we can, like Roboto and Squeeze and, and a handful of people. And then the rest of the time we fake it, like Snake Face and Rio Blast. And so and, we faked it. And one we will be discussing soon. Right. So I see, like, the only thing they had to spend extra money on with Bustle Hordak was the chest feature. Whereas everything else on Rio Blast is almost new. There's so much other, you know, new stuff on him by comparison that, that I, I get why it happened, but I also feel like it is such a kick in the nuts as someone who was such a big fan of Rio Blast for him to be executed poorly. Um, and then to get this figure that you don't even really want and have him do the thing that you wanted from the figure that you didn't want. Right. That's, um, that's the sucks. kick in the nuts. But I get it. I mean, I get, I get the circumstances, but it doesn't make my balls hurt any less. Right. <laughs> well said. So, so Buzzsaw Hordak, uh, I didn't even open. I immediately put on eBay and somehow made a profit on, which is shocking because there are other figures that I think are much better that I've sold and not made any money on because I all I want is to break even on the shitty figures that I don't want. That's my greatest goal is just please let me fucking sell it for what it was plus shipping. Let me make let me get my money back. Right. Uh, and I actually he sold for like forty two bucks or something. It was ridiculous. I was like, what are you dumb? Why? Are you... <laughs> now that being said, he is a, he is not a bad looking Hordak on the shelf. Regardless of the, I don't the, even agree with that because he's lacking. Like he doesn't have the depth and the paint scheme of the original Hordak. I think he looks a little more like the vintage Hordak than the regular original Hordak looks. See, you mean that in a you mean that in a good way. Just, I'm just saying, like if you're going to compare them, sure. Because because the 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 the, the classics Hordak. Doesn't really look like vintage Hordak. Okay, here, uh, Buzzsaw Hordak is a better representation of the vintage figure. The classics Hordak, the just standard ass Hordak, is a better action figure. Well, Visually, he, looked, he, he borrows a lot more from 2000X. Yes, you know, which I which would is a cooler interpretation. Which, of Which I would say is a better action figure line. Right. Right. Okay, so there we go. The, why do we we spent way too much time talking about this turd? Let's no, move no, on. No, no, no. We spent too much time talking about Mara and Rotar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There are actual issues with this guy. That's <laughs> a fair point. Issues. Yes. 
Um, it was so funny. I, I just went to, uh, I just, I, when I laughed, I spit on my screen. Nice. And I went to wipe it off only to remember that I have a touch screen now and it moved all the stuff on the screen. <laughs> oh, that's, and see, that's the dilemma I'm facing is I don't particularly want a touch screen, but if I buy a computer that does all the shit that I need it to do for the podcast and for the video stuff we're doing for the game show and whatever else, it's going to come with a touch screen. Yeah. Which is going to cost more money, but that's just how it is now. I I like it. I'm Do you? I'm, that's a it's a different conversation. Sure, it is. We should move on, should move to, on to a fucking awesome figure. Badass figure, the the second 2000X figure. And and I will say every single 2000X figure is a is knocks it out of the park. Yes. Every single one. It is it is maybe my favorite sub mini sub um in the fact that it I mean not that the rest of the subs don't deliver. But as a 2000X fan and as a fan of this toy line and taking into account the fact that the Four Horsemen joined up with He-Man in 2000X during that time, these figures are freaking great. Well, here's the thing. The 2000X sub is a whole different... The 2000X characters are the Four Horsemen's characters. Well, and also it's an entirely different proposition because you look at anything that came out, well, almost anything. You look at most of the figures that came out in the vintage line and you say, okay, I see how they make that out of the classics book. I see how they do that. With the 2000X figures, especially the ones that are in the sub, you're like... What? How are they making King Chubla out of this buck? How are they making... And they do it! Right. So, we get Evil Evil Seed. Who, granted, his base is a little more friendly to the buck, but he has a lot of detail that requires... But it's the creativity. Yes. It's the creativity of what they did in ways of using the original... The original buck pieces. And creating just bullshit kibble... To to make this character work, yeah, he he's an. When you look at him, you're like, oh wow, look at all those new parts. And then you get up close, and you're like, wow, no, right? <laughs> it's it's just really smart. Um, he has this. I mean, definitely the thighs are the standout thing for me. Yes, um, he has these vines that. Attach at the, at the waist in the, in the crotch area and they loop and they run down his thighs and loop around behind them, but are not actually attached to his thighs. Right. Which gives you this amazing, uh, viney look on his thighs with, but still uses the original thigh buck pieces. Well, and the genius of that is, you have created an entirely different look and profile, but the figure retains its uh, its mobility, its articulation. Yeah, absolutely, he's he's fantastic. He and he came with um, a couple a couple of accessories, a vine monster that sort of looks looks like it's growing out of his arm and shooting out to bite you. All right, I cannot get, and, and I would just like to note at this point in the podcast. Uh, the live action Masters of the Universe movie is complete. Netflix has recommended that I watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation now. And I just clicked X and am moving on. Uh, but now, if even, that had been Mortal Kombat, 
one, I would have said go for it. Dude, that, the, that first one is awesome. That movie is – there are very few movies that I will watch over and over again. Not that I've watched it in years. Right. But that is a movie that if it's on, I will not tell you to turn it off. Absolutely. It, it's amazing that this dumbass video game all about it's ripping It's such a solid down. movie. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. Um, so Evil Seed, they, they managed to add so much value to such a basic figure. Yeah. And create, like, this is Evil Seed. There's not even, like, you don't even have to squint. It, they, they nailed it with these vines and, uh, his crazy collar. Collar, big badass looking collar, great new head. But, I mean, really, other than like the torso armor piece, that is the majority of what changed up. Well, Uh, and spikes coming out of the shoulders and and the thigh and then the crotch piece, everything else is existing is existing parts and another wonderful thing about him is that that torso piece is just over his chest so it doesn't add thickness yep. to him like a lot of the other chest pieces Realized. it doesn't restrict his mobility like i feel like he is the character although um calix showed some of this as well but this but is so the, big this is the year where I feel like they got very creative with the kibble and instead of making it uh overly bulky, they were like, well, what can we do? Like they, they tried to minimize things. Yes. This is when they really started. Obviously the design team started to figure out how to change up the armor to, to not have the, 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 what do, what do we the call bulk. it? There's, there's a term. The, the thickness. The, the Yeah, the, the coat where you can't put your arms down. The right, right. Coat. Exactly. Um, this is where you start, it, you start to see it evolve and, and start to happen. Um, and, and it just looks, it looks great. Um, and he's fantastic and we'll be getting, and, and one of the big, the, you know, the big questions was, uh, about Evil Seed was what to look, which version of Evil Seed we were going to get. Right. Because the filmation version of Evil Seed and the 2000X version of Evil Seed are as about as different as they can be. Well, he's uh-huh. he's one of the few characters that there is just no way to consolidate those Both two looks. In one figure. And I saw, pe- I saw people's plans like, oh, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. And I think they did <clears throat> what needed to be done. And in the new filmation sub that you can get uh, in 2016, or you can well get now. Well, you could you could have could gotten. Get. I think it's now. Done. You, yeah. Now it's here's done. an interesting question. The last time I spoke to you, you had not yet bought into the filmation sub. I did. You did? Yeah. No, okay. No. I did not. Uh, I although there are a lot of things I did not do, and we'll get to that in a bit. You didn't wipe, did you? <laughs> no, I'm a little itchy right now. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I had some subway earlier and I'm having some problems, man. We should. Do you get the meatball? Do you get the no. meatball? No. All right. Honestly, this is a true story. Uh, I usually get the roasted chicken. Okay. Uh, because I don't need to be eating any kind of beef or anything, but I'm also, and this is an interesting, uh, I will later segue back to this point. Sure. Uh, I'm doing my best to mind my budget at this point. I'm trying to be a little more mindful of money and where it's going. 
So instead of getting the roasted chicken, I got the spicy uh, Italian, which is about a buck fifty cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I got the spicy Italian, and let me just tell you, brother, it did not agree with me. Oh, I cannot recommend the spicy Italian from Subway. No. So uh, so anyway, moving on to the heads of Eternia. You know, I, I, I wish that we had said this in the beginning because I think it may have, would have been helpful for the, you know, for the listeners. And by listeners, I mean you and me when we listen to it later. <laughs> um, to say, like, we are currently using the itsalltrue.net release schedule. And if you wanted to follow, follow along visually, you could have done so. We we did say that, but I, do, I, I think we said it before we actually started. Right. Recording. Anyway, so um, the 2000X exclusive, meaning that this is the subscription exclusive. uh, Which is uh, typically a figure. It's interesting. You know, you got Ular in the regular sub this year. Last year you got Light Hope in the mini sub. You got – was last year – last year wasn't Shadow Weaver. What was last year? But anyway, uh, typically it's it's a value added figure, like somebody that you would really like to have, uh, but that wouldn't necessarily be part of the main sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is definitely uh, unprecedented. This is a bunch of heads that it's if a- you don't have the figures, you're going to have to track them down. Or if you're a dumbass like me and, and never. Sold. And never imagined that they would do good heads for the figures. You had to go back and uh, repurchase Clawful and Snout Spout. Or Spout Snout. Snout Snout Spout. Which was probably easy, since how yes. I would imagine lots of people are trying to get rid of Snout Spout. I got a bargain on those two, let me tell you. Right. So it was basically a box with five heads in it. You had Snout Spout, Buzz Off, Roboto, uh, Clawful, and Cyclone. Six heads, because Grizzlor was in there, too. Oh, and Grizzlor. Yeah, Grizzlor's on the picture. Yeah. yeah. So six heads, and these were basically acknowledging that there are these different versions of the characters um, in 2000X that had very distinct looks. Well, these and- are all... Uh, all of these characters came out after Maddie was kind of like, hey, no more 2000X, we're not going to do extra heads anymore. Because the right, first they years, were. The first couple years of the line, you got extra heads or cool shit right. like... Whiplash being, I think, the perfect example. Yes, exactly. Um, or uh, Stinkor. Stinkor had two different Stinkor, heads. Right. So you would get... You would get an extra head in the, in the figure that would be like, okay, here's their vintage look, and then here's their 2000X look. Well, and even Grizzlor was initially announced as having two different faces. Mm-hmm. He was supposed yeah, to have, he face. was supposed to have an interchangeable face. One would be the vintage, one would be the 2000X. And then they basically cut them for cost. Right. Um, and we lost that. So in, as a way to make it up to us, and especially for certain figures, I'm looking at you, um, Snout Spout and Clawful. Yes. Specifically, people really raised the stink over the heads, um, that they did have. Well, and, and so Snout was, Spout, Snout Spout was well, not yeah, even for aesthetic reasons. Spout. Snout Spout was for quality reasons because the bendy foam trunk that they put on him was tearing apart, was getting cracks in it. Like, mine, fortunately, yeah. mine stayed intact until I sold it on eBay. So I never had any issues with it, but right. there, there are, if you Google classic snout spout, 
you will see some horrendous pictures of just unacceptable toy deterioration. Yeah, when I've when I've had people come over and are like picking up my figures, you're like, "Don't bend that." I'm like, "No, no, no, no not that one, not that one." It's like him and it's like him and Roboto and the Goddess. When I'm like, "Well, and in general, I will say, you know, personally, I prefer the 2000X snout spout head. I think it just looks less. Oh, it's badass. It's, yes, you know how, how, and this is a testament to the Four Horsemen. Yes, because obviously. In the 80s, no one knew how to make an elephant look cool. <laughs> no one knew. this. This The technology or the artistry didn't exist. <laughs> right, right. To, to make an elephant man look cool. And, and they also in the 80s were under this strange idea that crabs needed to have crazy Groucho Marx eyebrows. Crazy yes. But then... Uh, during the period of the factions, which technology, was post- technology advanced. Well, not technology, but but also artistry yes. advanced. And and after 2000X, uh, we had a, a period that was the Staction period, where the the Mattel had shut down the the 2000X line, but the Four Horsemen were like, well, hey, we still have all these crazy designs for these. Awesome badass figures that we still want to do, and Naka un- inexplicably Naka picked him up and did these statues. Well, well, and, and Mattel went, well, you can't do that because we own the rights to Masters of the Universe action figures. And then the Four Horsemen went, well, what if we don't have them move? And what if they're action figure size statues, which is where the term staction comes from? And they right. did. Beautiful, amazing work on on a lot of these type characters. Which, they did. I, I want to interject here. Nobody knows their way around licensing the way that Naka does mm. because not only did they produce those staction figures, but they also figured their way around the copyrights for the Batman movie, for the Batman TV show, for the Superman movie because they have released action figures of Adam West as Batman, Christopher Reeve as Superman, Heath Ledger as Joker, and they have done it, and Michael Keaton as Batman, which technically nobody has the license to release those likenesses as action figures. But NACA is not releasing them as action figures. They're releasing them as bonuses for DVD purchases. So there's special edition DVDs of Superman, Batman, whatever, that these figures are considered the bonuses for. (laughs) Dude, Naka, those guys, those guys are, they're like fucking action figure pirates. (laughs) They are. They're geniuses. So anyway, these are the same guys. So the, so, so the Snout Spot Staction came out. And it was freaking amazing. Yes. Like, the coolest robot elephant firefighter you've ever <laughs> seen. Literally. Which would seem like an oxymoron. But it's, but it was awesome. It was so awesome. And their clawful, their clawful is still, like, huge. Um, and, and gorgeous. And so these, these are the four horsemen being like, man, I really want people to have that bitchin', you know, because uh, we we well, we had to make it be like the vintage, and we couldn't afford to stick the other head in there. Right. So 
I think some of them work and some of them don't. I agree a hundred percent. I don't think that Roboto looks right on the old Roboto body. I agree with you. I, I don't think that Cyclone looks right. Uh, Cyclonus, I'm not Cyclone. I'm like we're talking about Transformers. Cyclone, uh, I agree with you. That does not work on that body. But the other three look, or the other four, I'm totally behind. I don't have Buzz Off because oh. in- insects creep me out. I do not have Buzz Off, and I do not have Web Store. And yes, I understand that spiders are arachnids and they're not insects, but shut up. That, that's true. Uh, I do not have those two figures, but um, Clawful, I will say that Buzz Off look Buzz Off's head looks a little small. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks a little small. He looks a little pinheady. Um, other than that, it it it's okay. Um, but Cyclone I feel, and Roboto don't work for me. I feel like Roboto and Cyclone both need if they have to they have to be entirely new figures right just the head doesn't work snout spout works okay uh clawful is is fine although i would love to have a version of that staction it would not work within the classics line because yeah. he was so large and so, so big, yeah. yeah right i thought that was such a cool choice to um, make him just yes just shit. hulking monster uh and Grizzlor, I actually prefer the Vintage Head to mm. the 2000X Head. Interesting. I, I I don't like the weird Rob Liefeld padded shit around the 2000X face. Uh, I just I, I like uh, the Vintage. I would head. disagree with you there. I would say that that's a Kirby look. Because yeah. the new because like that's Calabac. I, I guess I can see that, but the way they executed it looks more Liefeld. It's because the yellow or whatever the hell his name the is. The yellow. Uh, but I, I like the old. I like the old head on Grizzlor. Yeah. I like it. It looks savage. It looks mean. I, I dig it. I'm down with it. I but, don't know how you dig your Grizzlor. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, it's, you know, talk, I like running your hands through some fur. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Snout Spout and Clawful. Upgrades 100% make the figures worth having to me. Mm. Uh, now, since we've spent 20 minutes talking about heads, maybe we should move on to September. Let's move on to Saurad. Saurad, who uh, initially, to me, looked a little dull, and in hand is awesome. He finishes out our uh, vintage movie figures. Sadly. Which there are only three of. We had Goldor, Blade, and Sarad. Um, m- m- as far as we know, Mattel does not have the license to, to create figures based on movie figures that did not have figures in the, the vintage line. Let me bring this up because I've, I've brought this up before on the site. I probably have mentioned it before when we've been talking. I feel like... If there was going to be a Masters of the Universe movie toy line, I don't see it fitting into the classics line. I would see it more as a movie Masters, like, realistically styled line. I can't really see it as classics. Like, I don't see a Dolph Lundgren head working on a classics buck. I I can see that. Or um, Lubick. No, certainly yeah. not Lubick. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, because you want—that's what you want. You want God Skeletor. You want Dolph Lundgren, He Man, and you want Lubick. That's that's what we're missing. That's what we want. Um, oh, and then um, uh, what's his card? 
Um, you know, I, I can agree with that. Although I, I do think that the horseman could handle God Skeletor. And I think it would look amazing. Well, God Skeletor is pretty easy. Like that is essentially like that, that face, that movie Skeletor face, I could see working on the buck and the God Skeletor armor. I mean, you want to talk about Jack Kirby. Show him. I mean, honestly, with Standor, they've done that a little bit. With Light Hope, they've done that a little bit. Like that style, we've already seen in this line. Well, speaking of talking about the Masters movie and Kirby, you, you, you know, we've talked to maybe have we talked about the that it's effectively a New Gods movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I, okay. Well, and if anybody wants to hear more about that from one of the guys that actually Absolutely. worked on the movie. Uh, William Stout has been on the Needless Things podcast twice now, talking uh, once about the Masters of the Universe movie, which he was the production designer on. And you can go back and find I think it's episode 13, but if, if you just Google William Stout and Needless Things podcast, you'll find it. Uh, but yeah, he said it's a new God's movie. So God Skeletor, you know, one, it's a Kirby Skeletor, and two... If you look at Light Hope and Standor, yeah, like he's there, it. he's easily doable. Uh, the trick, the trick is though that I would, I would really want him to be back metal. Oh yeah, absolutely. He would have. But they don't. They, they don't. They won't. They don't want to do back metal anymore. Well, which, which we'll get to. So annoying because you've got Thunder Punch He Man that looks so good with the back metal. Yep. Uh, and her back. Yeah. Um. But as far as the movie stuff goes, which I, you know, this is a whole other tangent for me. Yes, uh, there are certain figures you could adapt fairly easily, but I would really want a movie master's style, more realistic. Like, cause we, you know, if you're going to do the movie stuff, you got to do Tila, you got to do Man and Art or Duncan. Yeah, uh, look, who would never evil translate. Lynn. Right. Well, so, Duncan for sure wouldn't translate. No, so. none of those would look. No. Cr- None of them would look quite right as classics figures. So, and I, then I, is really puny in the movie. Yeah, he well, and and I mean, you know, even Tila, you could probably stick that costume on a, a Masters female. I think, she, I think you could you could get Tila with the Masters female. She would bus. be easier than Man at Arms. And, oh yeah, Man at Arms wouldn't work at all. Man at Arms is like lizard. Put him on the lizard man buck. And and easier than Dolph Lundgren. But I, I just feel like if you're going to do a movie line, it needs to be a movie line. Like it doesn't need to be an adaptation of vintage figures. It needs to be an adaptation of the movie. Well, that's what they did with Gwildor. Gwildor sticks out. Like such a sore thumb in the classics line. I don't know. I, that's that's what they did with him. He's another one that I sold immediately. He doesn't look like he belongs up there at all. I like Gwildor less than I like Orko. Well, there you go. <laughs> now, do you want to actually talk about Sarod? I guess we should talk about Sorod a little bit. Maybe. Uh, or Sarod. I heard it both ways. Sarod Sarod. I didn't care much about getting Sorod because he didn't... Uh, you know, whatever. He he's somebody that had to be made, but but I just didn't give a shit about him because, like I said, if I want movie figures, I want them to look like the movie. But once I had him in hand, he looked great. 
Yeah, he's solid. He's really cool. Now, he fits more with the new adventures than he does with the vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's he's great. And, you know, on top of that, they gave him this great bio where he's, uh, you know, we talked earlier about the snake men being Nazis. Right. And Sorod is like a Nazi Nazi. <laughs> like they gave him this really cool bio where he's pissed about... Uh, the, the snake men lineage being diluted. Right. Like he's got a, he's got one of the best bios in the whole line. It's really cool. And he's a good looking figure. He has a, a color scheme that really is, is vastly, he, he stands out on the shelf. Well, that, bron- that, that bronze armor is definitely different. And the metallic green, um, chainmail. My only issue, my only issue is that his coloring is a little, uh, it doesn't flow through the figure because he's got these weird brown shorts and then the underside of his tail is a different green. His belt like is super weird. Yeah, it doesn't look good. There's no paint on his holster and it makes it look really janky. Like there's some, uh, there's some subpar design decisions, but overall, he does look very cool. He looks like I didn't give a shit about Sorod, but now I'm like, oh, okay, this is a cool. I'm glad I've got him on the shelf. That like they did that good a job that I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll keep him. Yeah, he's good. Um, then in September we had King Chubla. Yes, Thousand X. He is bad ass. He really is, and he's one of those figures. Uh, very much like, uh, Dragoman or Dactus, where you're like, how the fuck is this even the same figure and he's, that and I'm used yet, to getting? And yet those, those, those classic parts are in there. Yes, they are. They totally are. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cr- very extremely creative use of effectively a, sh- a sh- shoulder heavy armor, which you see on, uh, on Calyx and you see on um, uh, on Evil Seed that it's the that it's the, that it's very top heavy armor. It's all about bulking out or it's, not yeah, even it's bulking out. out. It's out the about adding, but adding keeps the waist force. right, but keeps the waist and the under and the armpit area free. Yes, so it doesn't hinder the articulation. And so then you so he's basically got. You know, standard buck crotch, standard buck thighs, standard buck torso, standard buck um, upper arms, and then it's all going out from there. It's all fucking bonkers after that. Right. He's got these big, giant-ass, woolly, frickin' Wendigo arms, Popeye fucking Wendigo arms, with huge hands full of claws. He's got the back, he's got the, um, the Lord Dactus uh, backward legs that give him some height. Um, and really cool looking loincloth, a belt thing, big cool Yeti Wendigo head. Um, and he has a really big staff, which makes him, he looks really good holding it and it, and it sort of makes him look bigger because it's a big, um, accessory. Well, and that loincloth is a key part as well because, you know, we've, we see the loincloth on almost every one of these figures. Right. 
But in this, it's not a loincloth. It's part of his anatomy. And the way they've blended it in and made it work, it kind of, you know, it, it makes the legs look better. It's all, you know, from the waist down, it's all that fur. Like it's, it's almost like a wampa a little bit, the way that oh, yeah. they've done the design. Like it's, it's very clever. He's a, he's a Yeti, Wendigo, Wampa dude. Um, and I love my Council of Eternia shelf. Yes, yes. I love the, I love the, I love Lord Dactus and King Chubla and, and we'll get to Ceratus in a minute, but I love that idea of King Randor sitting down at a table with these incredibly alien other uh, you know, leaders of their communities. Well, and that's the thing is, and them all, and them all, and, and them all being kings in their own right. Well, and and that's the thing is, once they did, uh, what's his face, the Lion Guy, which was like 2012 or whatever. Yeah. Like he was one of the earlier figures. Yeah. Once they did he was him, one of the first 2000 X figures. Yeah. Right. They kind of committed themselves, Carnivus. Lord Carnivus. Yes. Once they did Carnivus, they kind of committed themselves to doing the rest of that council. Yeah. And it, they look so good together. They do. So they really good. do. Oh. It's like, yay, peace can happen. Peace. Peace is good. <laughs> look, there's a big old fucking Wendigo dude here. He's cool. So, Why can't you be cool? <laughs> so September, September was very, very rewarding. Yes. And then, then we move on to October. I'm very curious to know what you think about one of October's figures. Well, next on our list is uh, one of the last, if the, the last, the last print vintage Princess of Power figure to be made. There am you I, go. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear about. Uh, she was the very last one, so we're done with uh, P.O.P. Vintage figures. It's Perfuma. Ugh. Um... Who does retain her classic action feature? She smells like roses, which is kind of weird because she doesn't look like she should smell like roses. No, she looks like she should smell like something different, but she smells like roses. She looks like she should smell like an action figure I don't want, which she does. Well, I, no, I think she should smell like I don't know. She smells like tulips or like I don't know, like a like roses are a very specific sort of heavy. She should smell like eBay. <laughs> Whatever that smells like. I thought you like. said you were interested in what I had to say. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Perfuma um, does have this very heavy rose scent. She has this um, actually really cool headpiece that's that's totally slides onto the back of her head. Um, that if you remove it. There's not a peg, there's not a, um, like a pin or anything. It just like, it's sculpted to slide right onto her head. So if you remove it, you can display her both ways, um, with the head on being her, uh, filmation style and it, uh, and with it off being her, uh, vintage figure style. So that was really cool. I, I just thought that I really appreciated that design engineering there. Um, her flower accessory, and is this, she comes with a shield and she comes with one weapon, which is this giant two-handed flower. It's got two handles on it. 
because it's because it is a solid piece of plastic. It weighs as much as as her entire head, which has a lot of hair on it. So that's saying something. Um, it's almost impossible to hold. She can't hold it with one hand. It's so heavy that if it just drops her her arm. Um, and if she holds it with two hands, it, her hands don't really make it around to both handles. Uh, the the vintage Perfuma figure had a um, a fabric flower uh, that would rise up out of the back of her back. You would push a slider button up, and it would grow. That was her action figure. It would grow up behind her, and this flower would grow. So this this accessory is designed to be a throwback to that. But it's, but it doesn't have any feature to plug into her back because her hair is so big. And I think that was the choice. There wasn't really a way to make it work with her hair back there. But she can't hold it either. So it's pretty much a giant heavy piece of plastic that she can't use at all. Um, which is disappointing. Now I did rig her up with those, uh, uh clear, um, rubber bands that the figures come packaged in. And I did strap it onto her back, and it looked okay, um, but not great. Um, I, I'm very happy to have Perfuma. I would not even think about putting her on eBay. She's the last figure of the Princess of Power line. Um, and visually, she looks really good with the rest of the girls, um, but her one accessory besides the shield uh, is, I think, a big miss. It's it's too big, too heavy, too awkward. It, it doesn't recreate. It tries to re, it tries to look like the vintage feature, but it doesn't work like the vintage feature, and it was a letdown. I don't care about any of that. I just sold her. Well, there you go. There's my report. I'm 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 a jerk. I don't I don't appreciate Perfuma for the beautiful recreation that she is. She looks good. She's got a great face sculpt. Um, her colors look good. Um, she's perp- she's. Classic supervillain, sort of like fuchsia and green. Oh, is she a bad guy? No, she's not, but she's oh. like, she's, you know, <laughs> green goblin color scheme, which let's, I thought you appreciated. Let's, let's, now, if she was purple and green, I, 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 oh, still, I still would have sold her. Uh, let's move on to Ceratus. Ceratus is badass as shit. Yes, um, she is. It's really cool, uh, unlike the other lords um you know unlike uh, king chubla and unlike um lord dactus there isn't another member of their race that you have to compare them to well there's i mean there's whiplash that's what i'm saying oh that's right right oh i got you i get the other guys you got nothing yeah so it's really cool to see another member of whiplash's race who and, looks and, like and how different they can be well and who looks like a, a sort of aged like oh this is what whiplash will look like when he's old and wise and well i will say that i think that his face is a little too orky it's a little less lizard and a little too orky um and that's a complaint that i have about i mean that's that's the design from the cartoon well it depends on which whiplash head you use though like i think it works okay with the 2000x head well, they, because they kind of made Whiplash's lizard race look like a bunch of orcs with tails. Oh, you want them more lizardy? Yeah, they're lizard. They're the underground lizard guys. Well, That's their then, thing. Then you know, enjoy like, your lizard man. Uh, well, there there are many other lizard people, but but I, mean, I guess you know that would make them too snake man like. 
Here's something. Here's something I can't. I could not figure out until just now uh, when we're looking at itsalltrue.net for this uh, our guide. To I know this we need to get. We need to get paid. We well, the, the, maybe they need to get paid. I don't know that we do. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> itsalltrue.net uh, has this handy guide, and it says underneath Ceratus includes bone axe and i will tell you right now ceratus's accessory confounded me more than anything else in this line you know what i'll tell you is that that's not high school axe (laughs) (laughs) you are correct sir um i was like is this a totem with does he which way does he i couldn't even figure out which way it's a very awkward weapon it doesn't really weird does it look like oh this is the pointy end that goes into the sloth Fleshy. I like. Well, it doesn't even immediately say weapon. It almost looks like it's like some kind of witch doctor thing. Like, yeah. they they have lizard people ceremonies, and he holds it up in the air, and they all bow to it. Right. It's really weird. Which maybe, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's a. Well, maybe you should just think about it. It's a scepter. It's, it's like King both. It's King Randor's lizard bone. Oh, we forgot to talk about the King Randor scepter that came with uh, Evil Seed. Yes. Um, it looks really weird in his hand. It's too big. It's way it's, too big. It's, it's filmation, but I, 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 it's too big. Yeah, it's weird. It's awkward. And it, yeah. like, it doesn't look, yeah, it looks weird. They, they, they fucked that up. All right, let's go back to Saratus. He looks like a badass. I he's love, awesome. he's so awesome. I love the bones, uh, the spiky spikes sticking out of his shoulders. Uh, he looks like, an elder of Whiplash's race. Like, if Whiplash gets out of line, this guy's going to smack the fuck out of him. Well, they were brothers, right? I don't know. I don't remember. Look, I love 2000X, but I'm not going to claim to be a scholar. All right, so, yeah. So, I mean, you may be recognizing the theme of the fact that 2000X knocks it out of the park every fucking time. Yes. Um, No disappointments at all. And speaking of knocking it out of the park, uh, oh, no, wait. We have to talk about Flying Fist He-Man and Terra Claus Skeletor first. All right. Can I? Oh, all right. All right. All right. We're following along with itsalltrue.net. Let me mention, please, that I fucking hate it when people refer to Skeletor as Skelly. Yeah, that's a that's annoying. I really don't like that at all. Uh, so, Flying Fist He-Man and Terra Claus Skeletor. Which I immediately sold on eBay. I would like to hear your impressions. Well, um, I agree with many of the complaints about Flying Fist T-Man. Now, as a kid, I did not have either of these figures. I always thought that Skeletor, A, that is a fantastic name. Yes, as I kid, agree with I that. I was like, Terror Claws? Yeah, that sounds awesome. For yeah. sure. I was aware of Freddy Krueger at the time, so the idea of a Freddy Krueger Skeletor churned my butter, if you will. So how do you feel about the execution, though? Um, I'll talk about Flying Fist Man first. Let's do it. I never had Flying Fist Man. Okay. Um, I always thought that he looked really dumb because his name was Flying Fist Man. But his weapon was this giant, weird, huge, huge his, weapon. His fists did not, in fact, fly. Right. 
Thunder Punch He-Man was fantastic. He Thunder had Punch He-Man. A punch that looked like thunder. And it, it well, it cracked like right. thunder. I mean, it thunder sounded punch like thunder. Was a fantastic toy. Right. That was my favorite, my, my favorite He-Man variant as a kid was Thunder Punch He-Man because he punched people and things exploded. Well, and, and it, that's the thing is like back in the day, there, you know, people may not remember this, but there were a lot of toys that interacted with the, that cat yeah. technology because Cops and Crooks, if you remember that toy line yep. from Hasbro, had the same deal where you got a little roll of caps with the weapons and you rolled them through the applicable portion of the action figure and pulled back the thing and pop. Yeah, it was great. Yes. Was great. Yes. And I'm sad that that my my children will not be able to experience such, you know, health dangers. Um, <laughs> they will be able to do that. Uh, just like Sarod. Sarod had, Sarod had the sparking mouth action. Right, right. You could set fires. I have, I have vintage a, Sarod. I have a nun that does that. Yeah, exactly. A little walking nun. Um, so, so Flying Fist T-Man, I never understood. I was like, he's called Flying Fist T-Man. He just has this big, weird accessory weapon that's huge, and it's got three balls that spin around on it, and that has nothing to do with his fists at all. Well, and it looks, from what I've seen, like I said, I immediately sold mine. Um, from what I've seen, though, the classics version looks even more unwieldy than the vintage version. Well, it's scaled. It's as big as it would be to the original one. What I've heard from people, and and Pixel Dan is is one of the the people who who was a huge fan of Flying Fist Team Man. Well, and we've got to give props to Pixel Dan for absolutely. You know, you, he uh, he got in early with classic classic stuff, and there is no denying his knowledge and love of the vintage line. Uh, he he's provided if if you're down with video reviews. Then he is your guy for He's this your entire guy. line. So I watched Pixel Dan's review of of, of these guys, and Flying Fist He Man was was Pixel Dan's favorite He Man figure when he was a kid. Oh wow! And I was like, "What? That's Why? a that's a that's weird stupid. choice, right?" So uh, so I was like, "Okay, yeah, all right, fine. Why?" <laughs> and ninety nine percent of it had to do with the vac metal. Oh, and this flying fist team. Well, two. Well, it was two things. One, the vac metal, which he doesn't understand why they want to do, because they did it on Hurricane Hordak. Uh, but the problem is, is that uh, flying fist team man has that. He he. These figures were designed a long time ago. Well, dude, look, I love. Uh, we, we've already established that I love glow in the dark and I love translucence, but I love vac metal too. When, when it is used in such a way that it will not wear like to, as long as it's not to the detriment of the long life of the figure. Right. So, so they gave He-Man the really, that his armor on Flying Fist He-Man is that really, really bulky under armor armor that makes his arm stick out really bad. And it's super flexible. And it's not vac metal. And it's not vac metal because they wanted to go with that. It's the, that two peg under the armpit. Right, that rubber that's the, bullshit. That's the biggest fat armor design they have. 
Um, and it's and it sucks because apparently the only thing that made Flying Fist Team Man cool was back metal, and that he doesn't have it. And um, it was also uh, his weapon that was shiny. Right. And that's right. not shiny either. And he had a twist. He had a he had a waist twist feature. So the original figure A was super shiny, and he had the waist twist feature and this giant thing that he could knock people over with. Right, so right. I get it. I get the play value and the visual thing of the super shiny, you know, light bouncing off of this He-Man who's got this giant thing that he's knocking people over with. So all of the things that, that made him cool are not there. Right, right. Exactly. Flying Fist He-Man, thumbs down. Terraclaw Skeletor, on the other hand. Really? Now, see, I think I am and not, you know, just from looking at him in the package, I was not happy with what his Terraclaws looked like. The Terraclaws need one more paint app. I will say that. I thought they looked really janky. I thought they looked like the Dollar Tree version. Here's here's how it works though. There there are a couple of poses that you can get Terraclaw Skeletor in where he is coming for you. <laughs> and he looks scary as shit and it's awesome. Okay. There's this there's these couple of poses that you get where he's just kind of like 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 he looks like Wolverine. He looks like you get his, you get his shoulders up and he's like walking towards you carrying these huge Claws of Doom, and he is there. At first, I was like, "Ah, oh, these look kind of dumb." And then I kind of played around with them, and I played around with them, and I put them on the table. And Michael was there with me, and I put them on the table, and I said, "What do you think about that?" And he was like, "Oh shit!" The, you flying fist team man thumbs down. However, there are some scary ass, cool, cool, cool poses that you can get with Terraclaw Skeletor. And let me let me just mention. uh I put these guys on eBay the second they arrived. And just today, as we are recording this, on the 28th of December, I shipped them out to the eBay buyer that allowed me to break even on them. So it took me it took me a little bit of time to get rid of That's these fine. guys. I, I feel like... Um Yeah, I, I, I will. I will say if if they had given, um, I will say if both heads are just uninspired repaints. Well, and that's that's another issue is they've done such a good job with providing really cool variant heads for yes. some of the He-Man. I think that would have really things. added to the value. And and I'll tell you right now, if he had done some kind of cool variant heads on these guys, I might not have immediately. Shuffle them off to eBay. Yeah, but they were just—they uh, were kind of duds. They didn't look great. Yeah. Were they now? Were they straight up repaints? I, I have no idea. I don't know if they were new sculpts or if they were no, repaints the, the or whatever. Heads are both, the heads are both old. They, heads. they yeah. were. I looked at them and they were Nothing not new. inspired. Nothing All right. Well, we should probably move on um, to another casualty of the November. Action November war. once again. I swear. I get it that it's cool to get really cool things around the holidays, 
but I am so broke spending money on myself. <laughs> With November and December this year, I just, I just can't. It's just, it's, it's insane. It's well, look, insane. look. Before we get into uh, giving Maddie shit for their holiday pricing decisions, I will say this. Point Dread, uh, which we will be talking about in a couple of rounds here. The pricing on Point Dread, I got to give Maddie props for. I feel well, like... It, it huh? is a steal. I feel like they understand that they fucked up and the pricing reflects that. But before we get to point before thread, we've got to talk about drag store who drag is not, is who is deal. not actually a dude that dresses up as a lady. No, he's not, which although that would be pretty awesome. That would be um, kind of cool as, as a master's action feature. Right. Uh, so Dragstore is cool for a couple of reasons. One, he is the last, uh, vintage figure of the line. Oh, is he? Oh, shit, you're right. Holy. He's it. Wow. He's the end of the road. Um, now you can count Laser Light Human and Laser Light Skeletor, but they're so weird and unique. They're, well, they kind of exist in their own sort of bubble. And most American kids, and we, we do have to admit at right. this point that America was the focal point of the original Masters Universe line. Even though they got cool, even though overseas they got cool shit like Titus and Megator, mm-hmm. like, this is an American toy line. Yeah. And most of us were not aware of the laser light figures. So drag, and- drag store for us, is he's the, the last. Right. He's it. Right. He's the end of the road. He is the. This is this is Maddie. Drag store is the promise. It is the the last real vintage figure, and with drag store, they are done. Now they have, we they have they have fulfilled their promise to us of giving us every vintage figure, Perfuma included. Ugh. And, and and they did it. They did it. With Drag Store, it's done. With it's Drag done. Store, though, we do have to discuss something that I know, and uh, pardon my, my yawning, that has nothing to do with the conversation. It is purely due to the fact that I got up super early this morning for a dentist appointment. No problem. Uh, which went very well for me, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, and which I'm doing my best to fuck up by drinking a mixture of cherry Dr. Pepper and rum right now. Ugh. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, you're right. I understand that, Oak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Dragstore, back when we first discussed him, which would have been that Toy Fair or Comic-Con. Yeah, I can't remember when he was first announced, but whenever we first discussed him, you, much to my shock, felt like he would have a functional wheel in his torso. And I did not have any faith whatsoever that that would happen. I had I had very good reason to believe that. Okay, let's t- tell me. Enlighten Roboto. me. What? Roboto. What? Roboto worked. You twist his waist and the gears inside his plastic body worked. Well, yeah, yeah I can argue that. 
But I you know, just, I never. They fu- just, they just sort of arbitrarily decided which action features they would do and which they wouldn't do. Yeah. And I thought that a spinning wheel, one pin with a caved-out chest, was easier than a complicated series of gears in a translucent body. Yeah, I guess so that's. I a, thought that I thought they would do it. I that's, thought they would. That's that's a fair point. You're, I, I can't even argue that. Now, like I said, I never believed for a second he would have a functional wheel, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely fucking right. Is if you look at Roboto, look at all those little gears that interact. They couldn't give this guy a wheel. You're right. So he does not have, there is a precedent. He does not have a wheel. Uh, but, but within the context of the classics line and what we know about the classics line, how is the end result? Visually, I think he looks great. Um, he, he, his arms don't suffer from the fat armor problem. His right. arms come all the way down. Right. Which is great. The the actual material of the rubber is rubbery, so when you touch it, there is a sort of tex- textural feel of the rubber. Uh, and if you go to uh, Needless Things and look at Phantom's review of Drag Store, you can see that he can, in fact, be posed really well, I think. You want to know what's hilarious is I have at least five different Superman figures that cannot look like they're flying because <laughs> because the neck and the head joint do not work to make him look ahead in a uh, lateral position. Mm-hmm. Drag store can look like he's driving across the ground to fuck up some heroic masters. Right. Um, in, in those regards, I think he's a success. I love his unique cord crossbow. I do think it, I do think that it doesn't quite, I guess the positioning of it where the peg is on his backpack. It's, yeah, it should have been further back. Yeah, it should have been, yeah, it, it doesn't look right because there was such a great opportunity to have these extra like vent pipes coming right. off of his silhouette and it just, it just wasn't in the right place. It's too high up. It looks really awkward, but at the same time, Love the design of the crossbow. Right. That's the thing is like the crossbow looks so fucking cool. I almost can't complain about the way they placed it. Right. And then he also came with another accessory, which is a a whip that was designed after the ripcord. He did have the ripcord um, feature. uh, And so they made it into a sort of whip, but it's, it's like they put too much action in it. And it's, yeah. It's, it's hard, which, it's insane. All of the accessories in this line that are rubber that piss me off <laughs> because you shouldn't have a floppy sword. Right. But then this thing that should be flexible is hard plastic. What the fuck are you doing, Mattel? And then somewhat, somebody else had a, a rubber whip that was really great that I gave the flog. Um, okay. Let's, Who was it? Well, Flog had his weird string, had fishing, big fishing string thing. weapon. Yeah. Um, Somebody else who had was it? Was it? Um, let's go ahead and talk about 
if you guys remember us talking about blast attack, blast attacks, yeah, that's what it was. Blast attack. Had so why his, wasn't his like blast attack? Right. right. But I'm going to bring this back around because I hate blast attack. I want to poo on him and throw him in the garbage. However, when you team blast attack up with drag store, they look like some kind of like cool Mad Max Eternia unit. Mm. I don't know what it is, but Blast Attack and Drag Store complement. Well, it's, it's the face masks and the, yeah, right. They, they I mean they have eyes. That's it. They complement each other so well that when I put them together, like I'm like, oh shit! They look like some kind of wrecking crew. Like if if you're a big Transformers nerd, you know about the Wreckers. And these guys look like the horde version of the wreckers. Like they like drag store on his own is okay. Blast attack on his own is a fucking turd. But when you put together, I I dig them, man. I dig them. They work. You should put um. You should do a scene where it's uh, Geldor and Seahawk against those two. <laughs> Your bosom buddies. Uh, you're right. You're totally right. All right, so drag store. Uh, it's disappointing that the he's wheel a, is not functional. Yeah, he's but a hit, he's, he's a hit and a miss at the same time. Well, we, I mean, we sh- we knew better. We really knew better. And for for what they did, he works and he looks good on the shelf. He looks great. Yeah, he so, looks he looks north. And that's the other that's the other trick with blast attack is where does he go? Yeah, he's a tough one. Because his, his backstory is so convoluted. It's like, well, he's kind of a snake man, but he doesn't look anything like the, any of the fucking snake men. And well, he's, you know, it's, but he, it's almost I, I put him with the evil warriors because it's almost like there's another faction that's the vehicle drivers. Uh, I can't remember what that three pack was called, but like, yeah, yeah. that you know, these guys almost could fit in with them. Mm-hmm. Uh but let's move on to a figure that I I adore. I love. Yes. Queen Grayskull, Vina. Queen of uh, Vina, Queen of Grayskull. Even yeah. though her wings are oddly located on her lower back torso, she they're, looks They're ovary wings. <laughs> they grow out of her ovaries. She flies, Fly she flies her eggs out. Across yeah. Eternia. Uh, no, I dig her, dude. She looks so good. And her weird rubber scarf thing, even though in many of the online pictures it looks like shit, like if you play around with that thing, it can look good. I haven't put her up on a flight stand, but I think that it would look better on a flight stand than her on the ground. Like if you were like, oh, there's wind billowing around her. Well, get up. As yeah. as someone who is desperate for a 2000X Sorceress, mm. uh, yeah. oh gosh, that of all the figures, if if Maddie called me up right now and was like, look dude, we will do one figure for you, it would be the 2000X version of the Sorceress. Well, I think that you might see an, another add-on, because basically, in the future, I think all we're going to get is mini-subs. There will be yeah, no sure, main sure. line, it'll just be, here's... A mini sub, buy into it. And, well, and that's and that's what 2016 thus far consists of. Exactly. Uh, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm see that I'm down with that. I, I honestly. So just, you'll see another collector's choice, and right. in that collector's choice will be 
2000 X sorcerers. Right, exactly. And I, 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 that, I want that figure very badly. But Vina's, Vina's beautiful. She's, She's got, you know, uh, really cool extra staff. I, we should mention her staff is really badass too. Yes. Um, she looks great. She looks great flying. She looks great standing. Um, I, yeah, she's totally, totally awesome. And, and for a figure or, or for a character that if polled, I never even would have put on the list. Uh, they, they nailed it because she's another one of those figures that I was like, Hey, really? Why are you doing this? And then once I got her, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Well, uh, yeah, obviously all the 2000X figures have been knocking out of the park. Um, so, yeah, she's no exception. Which then brings us to the big boy of the year. Point Dread uh, and the Talon Fighter, which I do have. Um, and I opened on my birthday. I saved it. I, I originally had intended to save it for Christmas, like I did Castle Grayskull. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that that's what you did with Grayskull. But yeah. with with Point Dread, I I almost feel like like with Grayskull, we kind of knew more specifically what we were getting. Like I think with Grayskull. I knew like there 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 are some things that are a little different from what they initially offered, but overall, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be happy with this thing. With Point Dread, I feel like there was a lot, and and for our listeners, I still do not have a Point Dread uh, and Talon Fighter. With this toy, I feel like there were a lot more questions that were only going to be answered once you open this thing up and got it out. And fortunately for all of our listeners and for all of the readers at NeedlessThingsSite.com, Mr. Bo Brown ordered Point Dread in the Talon Fighter. I did, and I will say that it is absolutely worth the ticket price. For real. Oh, for real. All right, so... Uh, well, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me rephrase that. Especially if you have the castle. Okay, so my... I, I will tell you right now. And, and you can sort of go from here and address what I say. For me, the Talon Fighter was the centerpiece of this offering. Uh, t- uh, to me, it looked like Point Dread was a missed opportunity. The Talon Fighter looked like one of those instances where Maddie gave us more than they needed to. And then Tila was just... You know, what, what we ended up getting. Now, I don't know what they planned, but the product that ended up shipping, that Tila seemed like a misstep that almost warranted an apology and was probably part of the reason why this thing wasn't more expensive than it was. I feel like the outcry about Tila is why this thing wasn't 175 I'll tell you what. Bring it. Having it in hand. Guess what? What? You give zero shits about Tila. Interesting. Now, I will say this. None. The the Tila, uh, I will say from, from what I have seen, it looks like you can slap the pilot head on her, 
throw her in the Talon fighter and not give a shit about her. You can just throw her away in the garbage and not give a shit about her. Really? Because, first of all, I haven't been able to actually get her other head on her body. (laughs) Um, You can get her helmeted head on her, but because she has such a high collar, you can't adjust, you can't move her head at all. It's just stuck where it is. Oh, boy. Um, and but, the, detach- the detachable, uh, she has a detachable visor, much like um, uh, in it in New Adventures, Shira, which is okay. great. Okay, now let me let me ask you this. You're paying uh, $125, right? Yeah, who, who gives a shit about the Tila? And that's, that's my question. Yeah. Is, you, have, you have $175 worth of fucking bitchin playset but is this tila as much let's let's not even consider the price is this tila as much garbage as she appeared to be i, I haven't put my older because of because of my living situation right right i've not put the older tila head or the the new tila head uh honor because it doesn't fit um Yes, it's a, it's it's an ugly head. Well, it's an ugly face. and let's keep in but, mind. Let's keep in mind that Maddie fucked up the only other Tila that we have. Well, we've got Battleground Tila, and, the- and and you're gonna get you're gonna get your Tila 2.0 or your Filmation Tila in the Filmation line. Well, the thing is, though, here's here here's my feeling on that. The original Tila that we got, that head is fucked up. Well, it's fucked up, and it's so rare. The ball peg is too tall for the neck, so her head yeah, looks super fucked yeah. up no matter what. And then we got Battleground Tila, which is an awesome figure. But not Tila. But is not Tila. Right. And then we've got Point Dread Tila that looks all kinds of janky and fucked up. Like, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to take that Point Dread Tila and be like, okay, this is my Tila figure. Well, and I feel I feel sort of the same way that I feel about this as I do to a lesser degree um, about the battle ram. The battle ram came with an extra man at arms, right? Right. That you kind of didn't need, right? Um, but you felt like you were paying for it. Like, oh, like the battle ram could be cheaper if it didn't have men at arms. Well, and that's what I feel about Point Dread and the Talon Fighter is. You're and not what I'm re- saying is that you get a shitty Tila for free. Right, right, right. The Battle Ram, like... Was I, more expensive yes. because of the Man at Arms. I felt, and, and I still don't have a Battle Ram either. Uh, oh, you should, it's so good. I felt like the price of the Battle Ram reflected what they thought that Man at Arms was worth. And that's not the case here. Right. The Talon Fighter and Point Dread... It is entirely worth the price. I feel like Tila is a bonus that, like you said, you could just throw in the trash and still feel like you got your money's worth. Um, So let's talk about the Talon Fighter and Point Dread. First of all, the Talon Fighter itself is fucking gigantic. Right, that's what I wanted it to is, know. It looks it's huge. Well, think about the logistics of fitting two Masters of the Universe Classics figures. These are the, some of the largest action figures I own into this thing. How does that work? 
Well, it, it works because the Talon fighter is just so goddamn big. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and that's actually my problem with it. Oh. Is that the Wind Raider, like, the Talon fighter feels like an X-Wing. Or it should feel like an X-Wing. Right. Whereas the Wind Raider should feel like the Millennium Falcon. Oh, what? And that's the opposite of what you've got. The Talon huh? fighter dwarfs the Wind Raider. See, I feel like, and granted, I, I do not have um, the love of Masters Universe lore that you have. But in my head, if somebody just asked me off the cuff... To me, the Wind Raider would be an A-Wing, and the Talon Fighter would be an X-Wing. Okay. Is that, that is not the case to you? Well, the, 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 the Talon Fighter is like, it's a bird. You know, it looks like a bird. <laughs> I feel like it should be like small and, and agile. See, to me, the, in my head, the Talon Fighter is larger than the Wind Raider. Okay, well, maybe that's the case. Because, well, I, well good for you, because the Talon Fighter is fucking... <laughs> Dude. Then I would be happier with it. Yeah, it's huge. And, and, and part of the other part of of the fact that it's so big is that when you put it on top of Castle Grayskull, it's insane. which is awesome, right? It makes Castle Grayskull look small. Okay, let's talk about two different things here because from what I've seen of the Talonfighter Point Dread set, it seems to me like. You really don't want to put the Talon Fighter on Point Dread on Castle Grayskull, but how does Point Dread work with Castle Grayskull? Okay, so Point Dread is in two parts, and it separates litter pretty much in the middle. Right. Uh, the, with the top part being the perch, that is uh, probably the most complicated part of, of the entire set is the actual perch itself. The feet lock very, very um, solidly into the perch. Well, they have to because that thing is so so huge. Right. Uh, And there's an actual button that you have to press to release the Talon Fighter from point... Oh, interesting. And it it literally locks, clicks into place. Okay. Um, Now, where the perch part of Point Dread connects to... The base part of Point Dread into Castle Grayskull is kind of dicey. Mm. Um, it's very unclear, and it's not written out in any sort of directions as to how you're supposed to put these two pieces together. And it's kind of the most important part. Uh. Um, you kind of have to like you you sort of you kind of put it on there, and then you kind of wiggle it around and find it. There's there's no clear way of doing it, and then you have to push it down in like a couple of, and there's several clicking points of contact that two of which are very easy to get on the edges. And then the rest of it, the front and the back are the hard part. And now, you really want to lock down that front. Now, let me ask you this because, uh, with Kessel Grayskull, you know, you, you have that handle piece that is an optional piece, but once you put it on, it's on forever. Mm-hmm. With Which point- I learned when I tried to put it back in its box. Oh. Now, with Point Dread, once you put it on, can you get it back off? Oh, yeah. Okay. It has to. Okay. And part of its functionality is that is that the, is that the, the Point Dread part of it separates into two pieces. 
the top and the bottom. And, and the, the top, top is what attaches uh-huh. to the turret on Castle exactly. Grayskull. The okay. bottom is what makes it kind of its own standalone playset. But it seems to me the problem here is the reinforcement that had to be added to the top portion yeah. to support the you, Talon you Fighter. Have to work at it to has get a, the socket into Castle Grayskull. Well, and not just that, but that reinforcement, that extra plastic they had to put into the top portion, seems to have really eliminated the possibility of Point Dread as its own playset. No, it looks super cool on its own. Does it really? Absolutely. And and I think that part of the problem with it is that it dwarfs the castle. When you when you when you land the Talon Fighter on top of Castle Grayskull, it makes the castle look small. Well, right, and that's my concern. Is like, um, but on I, its own, it looks awesome. Well, and that's the thing is, I feel like you take if if I were and at some point, you know, if I if they ever do a discount on this thing or if I ever get to the point where I'm like I've got 125 bucks that I can just throw away I'll buy it but I feel like I will treat the Talon fighter and point dread as separate items I'll put I'll put the top portion of point dread on my castle gray skull <laughs> where's your castle gray skull uh, my castle gray skull right now is at the bottom like I've got on the wall when you put when you put it on top of the castle, the castle is freaking insanely tall. Well, and here's the thing: I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have six shelves attached to the wall of Master's figures. Underneath that, I have a large glass coffee table that the castle is sitting on. So I could add like a foot of height to the castle and not affect my figure display. Okay, well, it's... Okay, so... So what I would do is hang the Talon Fighter from the ceiling and not even... Like, I wouldn't even treat these things... I would not mount the Talon Fighter on top of Grayskull because from what I've seen... Well, you should, at least a couple of times. Well, but the thing is, from what I've seen, it looks like the the Talon Fighter is half the size of the damn castle. And this is true. (laughs) And and you know what? Look, again, I give Maddie credit for incorporating the functionality of the vintage line into the aesthetics of the classics line. Mm. Let's let's be honest. This is tough shit, man. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. Unless you want to make a four-foot-tall Castle Grayskull, there's just no way... To make well, this work. I can tell you, when you put Point Dread and a Talon Fighter on your Castle Grayskull, you have a four-foot tall. <laughs> but the problem is, you have three feet, or two feet of Castle Grayskull and two feet of Talon Fighter. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just keep them separate. I, I wouldn't even, like, I understand people are like, oh, it doesn't look right. Well, shut the fuck up and put your Talon Fighter somewhere else and put your pound. Point dread on your castle gray skull, and you're fine. Don't well, I see. That's the thing, though. Is I, there's the, I, the the talon fighter belongs on point dread. I mean, it's it's unless you're literally like you say hanging it from the ceiling. There really isn't a good way to. I mean, you can yeah, it can stand on on its own two legs, but, but it looks really good on point dread. Uh, but they, I mean, they, I, I'm what I'm trying to say is they they made it work as well as they could. They did, and it's and it is fantastic. It is easily. Easily worth the 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 price. 
Yeah, if I, is, if any, I mean, come on, this thing is freaking amazing. Right, it's two it, figures. It looks awesome. My son and me flew it around on my birthday, and and like he got really excited about holding it by its chicken legs. And you were for it, sure making noises. Oh yeah, right. I mean, it was it was cool. Yeah, and it's, that, it's a fantastic toy. I am not fantastic. doubting. I am not doubting for one second the value of this toy. Uh, my only issue is it is like, probably the best value we have gotten in I, years. I I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't doubt that one bit. My only issue is, shit, do I really want to spend 125 more dollars? Like, I would, I, my, here's what irritates me is we don't have any bad guy vehicles. Yeah, I, I want it. a Roton more than that, I want. That's, that's my issue. All right, we gotta move on. We gotta wrap it up. Okay. We gotta so, move on. All right, before That's as far on, as I have. I don't have the December figures. Well, and here's the thing. I don't have the December figures either, but it is for an entirely different reason. From why you don't have the December figures? Well, mine is that I'm well. I moved. Um, I did not move. I decided I can't do this anymore. Uh, I love the classics line up to the point that I got to, but I just when I looked at Dare. And Laser Power He-Man and Skeletor, and even Pravis, I thought, I don't want to spend 30 dollars on those figures. I just don't. And the credit card that I had that was being charged for these toys was really worn out and really jacked up, and like I couldn't use it in a swiper or anything. And I went and ordered a replacement card, and I did not update my information for Maddie, which means not only did I not get Dare and Provis and the Laser Power figures, uh, I also will not be getting the Collector's Choice figures, which I had signed up for. And I, like, I feel a little bit of a dick about that, but at the same time, I don't give a shit only figure I'm truly upset that I'm not getting is Despera. Oh, yeah. But, man, I gotta check hey, out. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. I gotta check out, man. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Especially, this is what nailed it and what made me really feel like I made the right decision. I just recently picked up these Diamond Select Universal Monster figures that all have unique sculpts that are fucking gorgeous, have tons of articulation, and cost $10 less than the Masters of the Universe figures. Right. Man, I, I just can't... I love the line, but fuck, man. I mm. can't justify paying $30 plus for these figures. And yes, I understand they do not cost $30. That's when you include shipping. But there's no choice but to include shipping. Right. And they don't give you a good... Oh, the shipping in Digidor no. is awful. There is no, there is no good option for shipping. So, I, you know, it, it was a big as a toy collector of thirty plus years. This was a big decision for me, and I said, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I can no longer. I'm happy with what I have. Uh, no doubt I'm going to sit down and look at what I have and probably sell some stuff off. But 
I would say at least 70% of the, the Masters Universe classics that I own, I'm going to keep, I'm happy with. Uh, but man, this line and the way they've done it, it it's, it's something. It, it, it really is. But we've got December figures. Uh, Dare, I had no issues not getting him. I yeah, did I, not. I, I can I, totally live without Dare. Right. I didn't give a shit. Uh, the laser power figures, they are really ugly, ugly figures. <laughs> but the action features of them, I dig. I'm totally into the fact that they were doing light up features on these guys. But again, I was like, you know what? My life will not be any less good if I do not own these figures. Right. Uh, Pravis was the biggest issue because yeah, he looks really cool. <laughs> he really does look awesome. Uh, and like I said, for next year, Despera, Despera, whatever, the evil horde Shira. Right. I really wanted that figure, but I would rather pay fifty bucks or whatever on the secondary market sure, for that, that figure yeah, buy into it, yeah. than get stuck with these other figures that I don't give a shit about. Now I will say that um, I think that the the continuity of the line is really good. Um, you know, Laser Power, uh, Human, and Skeletor were the last figures to be released of the vintage line. Yeah, and I so, do I do want to be clear that those figures had to happen. As rare as, as rare as they were, which they are, they're super rare, especially here in the States. But they um, were released and they were part of the vintage line. They right. had to happen. And to do the dichotomy of that with Dare, it, in spite of the fact that I really have no interest in Dare at all, but the way that they bookended it. Yes. It, these are the last two figures and then here is the last of the concept figures. Well, and to go even deeper, this line started with King Grayskull. Right. Who was the first the first He-Man that we we knew of in any of the continuities, technically. Yeah. And Dare ends the line who is, in any of the continuities that we're aware of, is the last He-Man. Right. So, I mean... Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, the book ending the book ending is really good. Yes, it's beautiful. But people, you know, a lot of people thought that Pravis was, you know, the one, you know, like, oh man, I really want he's such a bitchin' looking two thousand X, you know, character. He is he's another example of that Kirby influence. Because if you look at that guy, he fucking screams Jack Kirby. Absolutely. But I think that wraps it up. I think that's twenty fifteen, man. Yeah, that's that's everything. Uh, so, having wrapped up 2015, I think we do. Uh, we, we've got a few minutes before we hit three hours, which is our typical number for for these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we do have to sort of look at the line right. overall and give our impressions. Uh, I'll go ahead first because I feel like you're probably going to have a more favorable impression than I do and I'd like to end on a more positive note because this line as I said earlier this line is a dream Uh, it was Scott Knightlick's dream and he devoted years of his life to making this line happen and I fucking give him all the props in the world for that but overall I would say it's a 60-40 for me 
60% of the figures that I was com- that I was compelled to buy as a com- as a subscriber I'm happy to own 40% I am annoyed that I was compelled to buy but having said that as an action figure line it is one of my favorites because the one thing that annoys me and that is all the shared parts also lend it a fantastic aesthetic look as a line on my wall, on my shelves, amongst my other lines, there is nothing else that looks as cohesive. There is nothing else that shares as much design quality uh, that you look from the top shelf to the bottom shelf and you're like, wow. That is one line of action figures with one vision, with one creative look that just, even even the vehicles, the Wind Raider, Castle Grayskull, you can put any of the figures next to those and they all match. They all look beautiful together. So as a work of toy art, this line is incredible. And while there's tons of stuff that I'd rather not have paid any money for, as a piece of art on my wall, as a whole, it's wonderful, and it is a landmark in toy history. Yeah. I mean, nothing else has done what this line has done. No. The closest thing is the DC Universe Classics line, which was also done by the Four Horsemen. But but even the DC Universe Classics line is based on comics, right? There's a it's whole different toys, right? And and that's what yeah. makes this so magical. Yeah. Is this is a tribute to toy aesthetics? Yeah. So what are your you know at the end here? How do you feel about this line? Um, I was a little gun shy about buying into next year um, because it's not. Uh, because it's just basically going to be mini subs from here out. Um, so you're not buying into one big thing. You're just going to sort of buy in to these, which is maybe better. You know, you have a little more like that. You could you could say my collection is done. And you you did buy into Collector's Choice and Filmation. I did. Okay. Um, but but also worth noting, this is all you collect. This is it. Yeah. This is it I, for I, I, you. And those two subs are the equivalent of exactly. just the well, normal. The classics line, right. right. Because the classics line usually encompassed, uh, I think 16 figures and then some outside of sub things. So, I mean, th- this, buying those two is essentially just doing the same thing you've been doing for the past four or five years. Where do I? I would say that the winners of the year, are in the in Club Eternia, um, Snake Armor, He Man, and King Hiss. Yes. In spite of their the problems with the King Hiss torso, if if you had never told me that that's what I was going to get, I would still say it's probably my two favorite figures. I agree a hundred percent. If they had never said, "Hey, we're going to give you the crazy two thousand X Snake Torso too," I wouldn't have given a shit. That's a great uh, figure. I would give maybe I think Squeeze second place, um, just because he's such a toy. Like they because he nailed they nailed the action feature on him. Um, 
Well, and like I said, like we don't get, you know, we get tons of action figures in this line, but we don't get a lot of toys. Exactly. And he is a toy, for um, sure. I, I would maybe be in a toss up in third place between Ninjor and Lizard Man. Um, Ninjor, they're, they're both they're both such great rep- representations of the of the character. Ninjor, his accessories were so bad that I can't give him. Yeah. An overall which, if you compare him to Lizard Man, is quite easy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, just as the, just as the figure. I, I will say the surprise hit of the year for me was Pika Blue. Really? Because I, I I had no interest in her. I wouldn't if somebody had offered me like here's a list of the figures that you can pay for. Pika Blue would not have been on it, right. but once I had her in hand, like she's a she's a really cool figure. She looks unique amongst the Princess of Power figures. Uh, they just I, they surprised me with her. And then Mara also gets a, a very honorable mention for being just a badass Buck Rogers space chick. Uh, as far as the 2000X sub, I honestly can't pick a favorite. They're they're all so consistent. And so good that I'm really torn. Um, I would call Chubla. I think Chubla is my favorite. Um, I mean, they're all, they're all extremely competently done. But within what we know of the classics line, Mm -hmm. Evil Seed fits, Ceratus fits, even Pravis fits, but Chubla. That's the extra mile, yeah. What, man. And yeah, he totally fits. Like when you put him on the shelf with your other classics figures, he fits. But man, I feel like he goes a step above and beyond. Agreed. All right. Well, 2015 was a a great year, and the last year of Master of the Universe Classics. It was, and I and I feel good. Uh, you know, even though I've stopped, even though I've quit, I don't feel like. Shit, I should have done it sooner. I feel very happy with what I got this year. Well, yeah, this, if, if, if there was a year for people to bow out, this is it. Yes, this it, the classics is done. Yeah, with yeah. you know, uh, drag store type put the you know drag store and then uh, laser light human and Skeletor for those of peop- the people who are getting them. That's the it's it's the bow on the package. It's, well, it's and fun, you know, you had I mean to cap out the lines, you had Perfuma. Yep, last had laser last the, the laser figures mm-hmm. and uh you know that's that those are technically the ends of the lines that's yep. everything we need a drag store yeah he was he was the end of i guess the wide release yeah. the one that everybody knew about right but technically the laser figures are the end of the line and yes. i i do kind of dig uh, if there were any reason for me to own those guys, it would be that they were the last releases. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with not having them. I'll live. Well, Bo, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Masters of the Universe Classics once again. Always um, fun. and honestly, what I'd like to do is maybe do an overview even though I've written a post about it I like I said it was very it was very much a summary I think we could probably a couple months from now maybe sit down and just review the entire line sure just do an overview like quick thoughts 
uh, in retrospect, how we feel about having the line, that kind of thing. Yeah, I can get down on that. And uh, as we said at the top of the show, if you're still in there, uh, the next Puck and Fuppet show will be in February. Uh, it will be a Valentine's Day show, and it will be awesome. We don't do as many games. It's it's a more streamlined show. We do do a little bit of a thing where we ask audience members to write on a card, uh, construction paper heart some one thing that they wish they had told a past or current lover that they have not ever spoken. Holy fuck, that's heavy, dude. And then the puppets from the show come out and read these. Oh my gosh. Uh, to each other, to, to, so like. Do people cry? Just, yeah. I feel like people cry. Um, well, they're in the audience, you don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of it's like, you gave me chlamydia, fuck you, dying fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then there are some, there is some heavy shit. And on the chlamydia note, we will wrap up this episode of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, Bo, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. And uh, we will be back next week. Whew. If you hung in there, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I am making the assumption that you enjoyed it because you are still here after three hours of Phantom Troublemaker and Mr. Bo Brown talking about toys. So, the Needless Things podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. I would appreciate it if you would rate us there and spread the word. Share us all over the internet. Spread us all over that thing. Like we're a delicious marmalade topping. Or if you don't like marmalade, maybe a strawberry jam or a grape jelly. Uh, whatever. Just pretend we're that and spread us all over the place. Uh, we would appreciate it. We need the help. Next week, I do not know what the show is going to be yet because the things I mentioned in the intro have not come together. So it could be an interesting toy discussion, an interesting thing about making movies. Uh, there's no telling. We'll find out. Last week of January, or no, actually, I take that back, second to last week of January, will be our Royal Rumble pre-show. So if you're not inclined towards wrestling, listen anyway because we're entertaining and it's going to be fun. Lots of big stuff coming up. Please check out the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Give us your input. Tell us what you want to hear. And if you want to talk to me, send an email to phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show or just get some input as to what you would like to hear. I want to be very open to things. I want to try new things in the new year. Uh, do you own a thing? Can I come work there for a day? I don't care. Whatever. I'll do anything that sounds like fun, sounds like people would be interested in seeing it. Uh, you guys, thanks for hanging in there. It's the beginning of a new year, and it's going to be a great one. I promise you that. And uh, I'm doing all this because you know what? I love you guys. Good journey.